It's not bad, right? When the politicians keep politicking before you turn to excessive drinking, I'm lip syncing. Spend some time collectively. It's great politics. You guys can't see it, but I am. The show where I don't know, man. The ADR champ. Yeah. The truth is, That's I the don't know, man. Yeah. I just. Well, it feels like it to me. Know, because he's. Yeah. You know. Bad lip syncing. Yeah. Lip syncing. Either way? No, it's always lip syncing. Never. It's never lip singing? No. no. Huh. It can be. Like, a thing can be lip singing, but it would just be a new thing that doesn't exist. <laughs> like, like, considering you always <laughs> sing with your lips, right. it's a little yeah. redundant. So, like, when, when a, a top musician is, is caught performing at an award show and lip they weren't syncing. actually singing, we're referring to that as lip syncing? Yes. Correct. Well, Welcome. Yeah. They're syncing with their lips. Yeah. Too. Oh, I, I understand the concept. <laughs> Another <laughs> episode of Politinkers. <laughs> slash, I don't know, man. Sound guy. Jesus. I know, right? Yeah. What the what? fuck? What is that? Uh, I hit clap three. Oh, my God. I hit clap three. It's, mis- it's mislabeled. <laughs> Sorry. That's Thanks okay. for ruining Shit my episode. Happens. Anyways. Just got woke. <laughs> That's what happened? <laughs> You want to just well, maybe we should cut that. He doesn't. He's not going to want that to be out there. I don't care. Okay. It's Anyways, so AF. Yeah, exactly. You I might as well just embarrass AF. yourself anymore. I don't care. AF. Um, so with us has always been Sir Sean Fabernitz. I am Joey Bunnier, and here he is. Your, no, I'm just kidding. This is that's another show. <laughs> this is not Sean O'Brien. Hi guys. Hi. It's it turns into that show regardless. I mean, <laughs> you little bitch ass <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> no, gonna, it he always wants to read to us, no matter what we do. He just keeps got to poke at all sides. I do try. He threatens it, to. I fucking I'll read you. I'll fucking quote Hamlet right I'll now. I'll read the hell out of you, bitch. I'll read the shit out <laughs> of you know, right you, now. You actually followed through on the Macbeth one last time. Hmm? So Ooh, that's good coffee. <laughs> I put too much sugar in it, but mm. it's like midnight, so I'm happy. Sugar's what is good. what is Saint Crispin's Day? St. Crispin's Day yeah. was, a, was a war. Henry V won okay. against the French. It was that. It was the biggest battle of... It's from Henry V. Yeah. Because I've read that speech before yeah. uh, many times. What, what's the deal with it? Tell me about the speech. What's going on? I really on? don't know, actually. I mean, that's the whole, like, uh, we few, we happy few, I think, is the... I think that that speech... We band of brothers. I we think that's, that's brothers. where that line comes from. Um, is I, that Robin Hood and his Merry Men? No. <laughs> no, that's, that's about 200 years before that moment. Henry V, I think, was in the 1400s. Blagulars? No, just Mary. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I don't really rem- Henry V, I don't remember all that well. It basically is just Henry V doing a lot of speeches. The only thing I really remember is him, like, dressing up and walking among the, the peasantry. But he's the greatest king the that England had ever seen before. Uh-huh. But that why? is the war. Why is he the yeah, best? Yeah, why is he considered the best? Um, I, I, I Once again, I'm not... Fully sure about that. So Henry V is the third, the really the fourth part of the Henriad, um, which is the a sixth part thing. No, it's well, more than that. He's numbers down. Well, so it was Richard II, then Henry IV part one, Henry IV part two, and then Henry V. So Henry, so that's mm-hmm. all three of those are like those three parts are Henry. Basically, he's Prince Hal in one and two, and then he finally becomes the exalted Henry V in, in Henry V, of course. Um 
And the whole premise of that is that you actually see the arc of of Henry the Fourth, or I'm sorry, of, of Prince Hal becoming the great king. But you know, he fought against the French, and he kind of finally united them, and essentially sort of killed the whole first quarrel of everything, more or less. I mean, the War of the Roses was right after it was his son was Henry the Sixth was the War of the Roses. Um, Wasn't that a DeVito movie? He says the the Lancasters versus the Yorks. Anyway, to be uh, honest with you, I really don't know. So supposedly, I, I really Game of Thrones also was is based off the War of the Roses. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Starks he's, he's, and the the Lannisters. Right. So uh, Henry V was famous for uh, the Battle of Agincourt, very, very famous English victory. Oh, that's right, Agincourt. Years War. And as, as I'm pretty sure, it was one of the first ones to use, I think it's either longbows or crossbows or something oh, like cool. that. And basically that's kind of how they, I'll have to check this again. Maybe I'll find it. Do you it. know what I just started watching the other day, by the way, yeah. Mr. Boner? What? The Civil War documentary, the Ken Burns <laughs> Civil War documentary. <laughs> and that brings a tear to my heart. A tear to your heart. A tear to your heart, I think it's pronounced. I don't care. That's good. I like it all Why do you like war so much? You know, that's a good question. I've been struggling with this for a long time because <laughs> I'm creeped out when I say it because when I, I'll tell you what, one thing that I do when I teach, I teach sound and film. So when I teach, uh, when I have my classes, I always ask favorite movies. And whenever everyone asks me a favorite movie, I always say a war movie, whether it's like, I, I usually, my answer is usually Apocalypse Now. Um, I don't know why. It's a very dark, dark war film about, you know, what can happen if you get into the deepest parts of the deepest, the darkest parts of humanity. The hearts yeah. of darkness, if you will. Yeah. Deep dive. <laughs> Digging really deep. Oh, don't make me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and deep I don't know dive, why. Deep I guess dive, maybe... Digging really deep. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess I like to go to the deepest, darkest parts because that's the most interesting to me in many ways. So in many ways, people say, and this has been said, you know, a million times, is that war brings out the best in humanity and the worst in humanity. And How I... does it bring out the best in humanity? Well, I guess, yeah, well, okay. Think of, yeah, think about the people who are you know, risking everything to sure. save other men. Sure, there's been there's not many of these wars, Heroism. and 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 think, think and one of the reasons why I'm obsessed with the Civil War, and a lot of people are, it's it's one of the few wars where there is literally the goal is to set other men free. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's that's rare in history. You know, most wars, and this is talked about in the documentary, mm -hmm. are fought for land. You know, they're fought for prestige. Isn't that kind of most American wars, though? No, it's wars in general. I mean, it's usually you land. Can, no, right? you no, can no. Are, Yes, to an extent, yeah. After the Civil War, I th I'm well, saying World that most War American II, wars were fought on behalf of other people. Like, oh, yeah. We, I mean, well, they were fought on behalf of ideas more than anything, right? I mean, that I guess all, all of them are. Well, none of them have been wars, so what the fuck? That's a good point, too. Uh, I mean, again, I would argue we've become a global society after a certain point in the 20th century, so a war ever anywhere is a war everywhere. Wait, was war declared in Korea, or was that a police action conflict. as well? Conf yeah. Yeah, yeah. Conflict. Well, let me get, ask you guys a question. What is war? Elm. Um, so I think, interestingly enough, Shelby Foote, the great Civil War doc historian, has ah, said— Shelby Foote, of course. That, um, <laughs> the great Shelby Foote. The great Shelby Foote. <laughs> I mean, he's not Pete Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the implication. Uh, but he said, I, I think, that— Because uh, of the implication. <laughs> Really funny. Shelby Foote is no Pete Holmes. It's like that the, is the only time any human being will ever put them in the same I sentence. Know. It's just it's like such an inside joke that means nothing. And oh, it is just like me. war. Full of sound and fury. Oh, don't throw Macbeth back. A in competition face. of ideas, I guess, is what it really is, and and it's usually one government forcing its opinion upon another. In some ways, but forcing through its opinion, through the force of arms. Usually, although not all wars are through. No, the force yeah, of arms. I mean that's yeah. the thing. So, 
<clears throat> people have mentioned, I, you know, I, again, this is an evergreen episode, but nevertheless, um, where we attacked uh, essentially on November 8th, 2016. Well, not on that specific day. Like a cyber attack. Maybe in, the months, in the months ahead of time. The thing who's is, the conspiracy theorist now? The truth is, it, what, what no, you I, consider I is a country, <laughs> if a, two countries are constantly spying on each other throughout their entire history, yeah. is that considered a constant war? Right. Is it just a simmering instead of a rolling I think we oil? defined it as a cold war. I think so too, my friend. And I, I think I, it's a fair question to ask if the Cold War is over. Well, there's no based on your we definition. That. <laughs> based on based Stay on your up. definition, there's no imposition of an idea. It's more just a surveillance of a different idea. So, what do you mean? I'm confused. Well, if you said it's it's war, essentially the very the great Shelby Foote mentioned that war is a is one government's um, imposition of their idea upon another. You know, civilization, more or less. So in this case, no, because we're not trying to impose, necessarily speaking, an idea and vice versa. Well, that's the ultimate goal of the information that we're gathering. We're not just gathering— It might be to... the ultimate—well, that's a that's a large assertion. I don't know that that's true. I mean, there's true. plenty of porn. We're not just looking for jerk material. We're... <laughs> I don't know that that's true, Speak though. I mean, yourself. think about it. It's, <laughs> it's we, you know, at the very—okay, Um, if you're worried that your neighbor who— who essentially wants the exact okay you you and your neighbor both want um a fucking twig that's outside for whatever reason i don't know Just you, you want to put it in your pee hole yeah. um and you are listening you're just you're just spying on your neighbor um to find out when they're going to go get it or to find out you know whatever wh- wh- you name it mm-hmm. at what point are you imposing your views upon that person uh, I, I, you know, it could, I don't know that I would, but it could be argued that as soon as you are judging that person, you are imposing your views upon them. No, so, you can judge silently, completely, eternally. Right. But that's So still, that's not an imposition. You're not, you're not specifically what about, forcing don't you think your views an action that has to occur? Um, well, I think once that suspicion happens, action does tend to follow with it's, you know, changing how you treat them or interact with them. There is going to be a, a that subtle shaming that happens in, in society when you disagree with a person fundamentally. Well, okay. So then, so, okay. So then the next step would be you're presupposing that at some point you and your neighbor are going to meet outside and the way that you act toward them would be sort of cold in a way and thus yeah. imposing the fact that you know that you got, you want the same twig that he does? Yes. I mean, you know, if we're going to uh, uh, take the idea of interaction off the table completely, then no, obviously there's no way you can impose anything upon them. Well, that's kind of my point. I mean, we don't talk to Russia. Or, you know, we didn't we talk to Russia. I, I understand. But like for a large, for a long a lot. Of time. Yeah. There's a lot of guys lying about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and all through the Cold War, we talked to them. I mean, there's never a time when we just, well, I mean, okay, certainly there were times when we just stopped talking to them, but those That's things kind of didn't point, yeah. la- last very long. I mean, it, you know, we were, there were always back channel communications open. We were always, you know, in communication levels deep. Deep state! All right. I, I, and again, I, I, I don't like deep state. I don't like the term. I think it's dumb in use what in America. What does that mean, deep state? I'm not sure I understand it. So, the entrenched bureaucracy. No, wrong, incorrect. Oh, okay. Uh, Whoa. It's not. It's close. It's not. It's not a bureaucracy necessarily. It's usually. Uh, it's a separate shadow form of government that doesn't. It that is basically using the real government as a puppet. So, for instance, or or as it a orig- facade, it, rather. It's a specific yeah. term that has become something else, but it originated in Turkey when they were talking about the military controlling the government. Or, for instance, in I in Egypt when the military controls the government. And so the it, implication it, is that the, our intelligence agencies are controlling the government. 
in, oh, in this particular instance. in this particular usage of the modern how it's become popularized in the past month. I understand. Okay. Well, but, but it also sounds like it, no, not just the past like, month in the more I, past years. Well, you're you're most people are saying like Bannon you're is picking the one a specific running. semantic definition to to latch on to. No, that I doesn't genuinely mean don't. That these other definitions don't exist. No, I believe or they the popular exist. nomenclature hasn't accepted those as definitions. I believe that that definition exists. I understand that's the popular nomenclature. I'm saying it doesn't exist in real in reality in America right now. That's all you're I'm saying, saying in reality there is no entrenched bureaucracy that is heading in a specific direction regardless of who is elected. Um, I, I, what is that? I don't know what they mean by specific direction. What do you mean by that? That they, uh, there are already, uh, the orders are already there. So the, the FBI has their marching orders, essentially the CIA has things that they are planning and they are well, doing and they, kind they of, don't not require really. elected officials. They to do have elected act, officials. They don't require elected officials to do anything right now in order for anything to happen within those systems. You, but, so you're saying James Comey is, is essentially powerless. Um, no, not necessarily. One, one second. I feel like we're a little bit off the rails here. Yeah. So, Sean, are you asserting that deep state means that there is an agenda that persists regardless of who's in power? There are orders and there are directions that exist. And whoever's in power does have influence to change those things. But in a power vacuum, the things under them do not fall apart. The government that we have is very robust, and if it were reliant upon a few elected officials or nothing would get done, then fucking nothing would get done. Right, and what are some of the agendas that you're talking about? Uh, you know, I mean, if, whatever it is, if it's the, the drug war, if it's the, right. uh, you know, the war on— Or even uh, just something as simple as, like, make sure nobody bombs our country. Yeah, yeah. The, like, that's an agenda. I'm not, exactly. I, my point is I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, straw man you into totally. saying a conspiracy theory. No, no, theory. this is one time I will take those words you are putting in my mouth. That is certainly right. accurate to my point. Right, well, I know, but I just want to make sure it wasn't misconstrued. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so there are certain kind of basic principles that our country sort of upholds in a way, you know, make make sure that even government oversight mm -hmm. theoretically is an agenda yeah. against the own kind of like shadow government. Right, and that direction can be changed over time, but that is a very entrenched bureaucracy that has a, you know, it's, it's like a, a river. If we really put our mind to it, we can build a dam and change the course of a river, but that river is going to have a force and it's going to continue to go that way. Well, that, damn the man. Indeed. Uh, Boner, what do yeah. you mean by deep state? Well, what I said earlier about Turkey and Egypt, I think it's just it's it's it has to be they actually wield the power in the government, whereas I don't think that the intelligence agencies in the U.S. wield all the power. Right. Well, well, I think Congress has a lot of power. I think the judicial branch has a lot of power. I think the executive right. branch has a lot of power. It's a semantics argument is what I'm saying. So what what word would you prefer sure. for this entrenched bureaucracy that most people are referring to as uh, deep state? The career, careerists, I guess, is the word. I, I suppose, but it doesn't have the— Because I think that I value their service. I don't think that they're in some nefarious Right, right. But just because river. you disagree with the definition that a large population agrees with does not make it— not so. You know, the the definitions of things change. So once the popular nomenclature is I, applying this definition no to this thing. With, I have no problem with the fact that it's become this definition. I think it's just simply incorrect to use it in reference to the United States. Wait, it's become which definition? Yours or his? His. So See, even, I think even it, my definition is not applicable to the United States? I don't think that it exists to the extent that you believe it does. Okay. Where's the line? Whereas the line is that they, yeah. they're wielding actual power. 
What? You don't think the FBI has power? You don't think the CIA has power? I think uh, that you guys might be talking past each other. If if no, I no, if I may, you might, a little bit. I I see what you're saying. I think they have power, but um, I don't think that they wield the power of government. The, the no, I'm not saying that there is one uh, uh, Illuminati figure that is controlling say, and pulling all the strings. When you say deep state, it mm-hmm. refers to the entire state, right? It seems like you're saying the whole they have control over the entire government. I, w- no, I mean, I, I'm never talking about the entirety of anything. I mean, you know, you can't even talk about the entirety of McDonald's because the fry cook is going to think something different than the cashier. Jesus. But I mean, the, you know, there are definitely uh, driving motives for those things. You know, there is a, a, a business acumen to each of those departments. They have agendas and they are following until those agendas are shifted by possibly elected officials. They are going to continue on those agendas. All right, let's get down to brass tacks and let's talk about yeah. some of these agendas. Um, do you believe that there is some deep state agenda to be in perpetual war? Uh, this is the military industrial complex. So again, you, you know, your, your connotation of the, the deep state being everyone. No, obviously there are people that are anti-war in the government, but do I think that people, that there are a large number of people that are getting paid off that the lobbyists are spending lots of money for big companies to be able to produce big, massive war machines in certain states? Yes, certainly that should happens. And that is what we're referring to is that entrenched bureaucracy. Okay. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I guess I'm trying to get at really more what's what's specifically going on with our our intelligence services, and I think that's probably just a better way to say all the intelligence agencies combined and how they've been used over the past, I don't know, since the Cold War, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I don't know. I think it's it's interesting how they've been. We've been kind of switching back and forth between this pendulum of more traditional military or more intelligence based warfare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and Every time we switch party empowerment, essentially. Sometimes, although interestingly enough, now it's kind of strange because supposedly, actually, in the first time in a long time, Republicans now have a less favorable favorable view of the intelligence agencies than Democrats, which is again hasn't happened in I don't know twenty years or so. Well, no, that's or maybe that's, ten years. That's the thing: the the Republicans are in favor of big force, and the Democrats are in favor of intelligence. That's just kind of how it's always been. Reece, I don't know if that's always. Clinton how it's was been. all about the smart bombs, where Reagan was all about you know big shows of force. Why do you think that is? Uh, are you saying that's inaccurate? Or no, you, I agree with you. I'm okay. saying, why do you think that is? Well, why would that be the choice? Um, that why is Reagan? More traditional military versus Clinton, who is more military intelligence. It, it, it is the fundamental uh, um, fabric of their base constituency. So the Democratic Party has traditionally been the peacenik party. So the idea that they would send in lots of ground troops is not necessarily good public relations. Whereas smart bombs and drones and you know strategic strikes or uh, um, specific strikes or whatever you know CIA operations or mm-hmm. You know, those those sort of targeted missions, that has always been sort of the democratic realm, whereas like a large scale war has always been the Republican realm. So I agree, although I think the Democrats hopefully would be more in favor of diplomacy and, and avoiding war altogether and using actual diplomacy and State Department as the alternative. But and again, I think they're all really... part of the entrenched bureaucracy and they're all part of that money flow. They're getting kind just of, as many but I think as I, the I Republicans. Wanna, I want to talk about what's happening specifically now, which is that Trump is literally going to be cutting 30 percent of the State Department and most of the and some of 
of the aid going to other countries. And people like General Mattis are very, very upset about this because they argue that that's really what they want as the alternative to warfare, simply diplomacy. Didn't he just give the biggest military increase in like- Absolutely. So he, who is he appeasing? Yeah the military industrial complex and, and not trying to go the way of diplomacy. I think you're right. I think generally that is the, the view of the right wing is the more hawkish style. And if you look at our past, you know, Republican presidents, who matter who they are, we've pretty much, we've, we've been in, we've been involved in many more wars and, and the, the, the blood has kind of gone up in every single Republican presidency. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Obama was the longest stage of perpetual war. He was the only president that was in war for the entire time. He was Agreed, in office. Agreed. But I think, I mean, obviously, slightly, yeah, he didn't he, start most of those, yeah. but he also didn't finish them. Uh, you could argue he finished Afghanistan in some ways, but it's not finished. Well, That's we kind of stopped. <laughs> You're right. It, it's 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 we left. Right? Yeah. Um, but they've but, all changed. That's the problem. Well, I mean, speaking the, of, the, the I war wanted... in Afghanistan changed, and the war in Iraq changed yeah. while he was in office. Right. So just because the just because the you know the the ground on which the war is being fought, you know, is still being fought upon, doesn't mean that the war is the same in a weird way. Actually, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. No, I think that makes sense. I, I do. We can agree to disagree. It's, it's because it's between different parties now. Oh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, you can argue ISIS is. Yeah, no, it's it's. I understand. It's 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 an evolution of you know Islamic fundamentalist mindsets. Um, you Barack know. and Hillary created ISIS, so you know what do you expect? The founders. They were the founders, correct? So they created ISIS. ISIS update. ISIS <laughs> no, I said update. what I meant. Let's do an ISIS update. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. ISIS update. Yeah, I want to get a theme song, dun, 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 but it's going to make me too happy, so I can't be. This is an evergreen, though, unfortunately. And it won't come out for at least two weeks. So you don't mean to give any updates? You can do anything you want. I just, just, just. Why don't you give a prediction for how it will be in two weeks? <laughs> or in four, in four oh, weeks. You know what? That's good because I'll, be, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Uh, Mosul will be liberated in two weeks. Okay. And it will be the greatest victory in the Middle East, maybe, I don't know, since whatever Saladin conquered back, you know, King Richard the Lionheart. Of course, of course. This is amazing because, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious because it's the first time that we this really. I was doing that? No, it's not. Okay. It's the Iraqis, mm -hmm. and uh, it's the Golden Brigade, and that's their their finest soldiers, and maybe like few, you know, maybe a few hundred of ours helping them out. And obviously, air We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. The band of brothers is helping them from the sky, I think, and um, and it's interesting because it's it's really the first time that Iraq has has, has come this far since you know, obviously Saddam Hussein, and they've really tried to rid out their own problems and get rid of ISIS. And Al Baghdadi, who was probably held up, their, their ISIS leader in Mosul, currently you know is on the run and left. Uh, you know, west to the Syria. And uh, and basically they cut off all the roads going out of Mosul. And this is the last stronghold that ISIS has in Iraq. And it's really amazing because Iraq is actually pretty close, a couple weeks away maybe, to being completely free of ISIS. And that's kind of crazy, the fact that Iraq can be a serious democracy right now after all this bullshit that they've gone through, you know, maybe 200,000 casualties and horrible destruction of everything On that, that note, we've caused. Is, Japan is, and Germany can do it. I mean, Rebuild? Of course, everyone can rebuild. The, the Earth is not beyond saving unless we destroy it with nuclear bombs. Still. Well, let's go there then. What? Nuclear bombs. Do you have bananas with you? Uh, Gravity's rainbow. Very nice. Um, let's talk about it. There, what, or, 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 I had a great joke that just went by the wayside. Let's hear it. You can go back. It's just, it's really bad. It doesn't really matter. You have to tell it now. <laughs> Al Baghdadi sounds like a BDSM role. No, That's, I know, I understand, okay. but I just it was in my brain, and I just wanted to be honest. I can't lie to you guys. I don't feel safe in this world no more. 
Hmm. If you don't know more, does that mean you do? I don't want to die in a nuclear war. I want to move away to a distant shore. Some hippie bullshit. And live like an ape man. I'm an ape man. I'm an ape ape man. Oh, I'm an ape man. <laughs> so, hmm. are we going to go back to the Stone Age is really the question. Eventually, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I forget who coined that term, but it was, I think it might have even been. The last world we fought by sticks. Was it Oppenheimer who said bombing yeah. back to the Stone Age? I think, uh, it, oh, bombing well, back to the Stone Age or like the, 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 the term. Oh, well, world World, war, said, four will be, yeah. world no. war four will be fought with sticks and stones. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so fucking prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's true. <laughs> he made the thing. He, I don't, I don't even think he could realize the extent of what happened. I don't, but he, he said, I am, I am become death incarnate. Yep. <laughs> he, knew. he knew exactly <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He said precisely well, what I, he said. I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess I don't know if he could foresee the end of the cold war and what happened after that. But I, I mean, the question now is, is not, I don't know, because we kind of have to understand the fact that people are going to get nuclear weapons all over the world. It's going to become cheaper nuclear and easier to make. And, uh, there's going to be a lot more countries with this, whether they're good or bad in what kind of governments they have. And we have to be prepared how to deal with that. It is essentially the poker chip that allows you to gain the national stage. Wait, let me, let me hang on. Do, did we release the, I feel like we talked about this when Derek was here, but not in the Russia episode per se. Am I correct in saying that? I'm sort it of confused. It was the week before. We released it. I know that. that there was that, but I feel like we talked about like being afraid of LA being we did. blown we up. We talked about oh, it. Yeah. We released it. That definitely came up. Did? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe I don't listen to my It's like show. a what is happening. I know. Okay. Anyway. You're not really a fan of this podcast, though. Yeah, I understand. I love us. Um, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? I, I, uh, LA, uh, LA is the, be- is the it's best. It's definitely a target. target. Yeah. Are you afraid of it? I don't know that it's the best target. It is the best target. Strategic, maybe I'm just, no, maybe I'm just. San Diego strategically would be a, a better target. San Diego? Mil- they have military base. bases down there. We, we we don't have any capability of uh, actually... No one will care if San Diego gets fucking nuked. Um, <laughs> I mean, the care no, well, it, it he lived in San Diego. How it, dare you? <laughs> it depends on if it is a strategic nuking or if it is a shock and awe nuking. It's a shock and awe because it would be North Korea or ISIS. It's probably or, not or also like, not one target if we're talking seriously. That's true too. Right, yeah. yeah. It's like it's not – I mean if it's Russia, sure. It's a oh, yeah. totally different story. No, no, and no then, it's then definitely it's, high on that list. I'm just right. not sure it's number one. I'm not saying San Diego is number one, but I, you know, if you were going to nuke, you might want to nuke Montana, like you know, or you, Pearl you know, take out some of our already existing proliferation. I mean, I guess, but we just have them everywhere anyway, so it would be more of a shock. It would be more of a shock factor yeah. than anything. I mean, that's that's your best strategic bet is that, to I mean, literally if we scare learned anything from 9/11, certainly. Right. Well, so, that's not as good strategic bet by any standards. That would not that would we would bomb any country who ever came to us into back to the stone age in maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. It would take so, us, it would take right, us 30 no minutes. Right, no matter what. It, I mean, well, the smart mad. bet would be to send all of your nukes to destroy all of our nukes and then The only you, country that can do that, well, is is Russia. Russia. Yeah. Obviously, but uh, China has three hundred, um, yeah. so they could. North Korea is getting close. North Korea is, I, I would guess, ten or under. Um, and the question is They're also: close with their missiles, Do they though. have ICBMs? Yeah. Um, and this is also interesting: uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles, so the ability to reach Duh. Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, but they do have MCBMs, and they might also have ICBMs in some ways. The point is: What's M? Uh, medium. Medium continental. Yeah, medium range. I think it's. Is, is it medium continental ballistic missiles? Though? No, no, it's like MCB. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's just M. I don't know. International <laughs> continental bowel movementing. There's yeah. also short too. The, Basically, the, the point is the short ones can reach South Korea. The medium ones can reach Japan. Along and their continentals can be reach L.A. or Alaska. 
then you got your briefcase bombs and your dirty bombs and yeah. Interestingly enough, too, uh, I also wanted to mention that Trump his plan on cutting the Coast Guard and the. Um, wow. I did, yeah, I saw that. Which is like Mar-a-Lago is fucking, you know, needs the Coast Guard every fucking yeah. weekend. Not just just how much coastline we have and how it's by far the softest of our targets. Like yeah, to, like to, the to Coast sneak Guard into something, it's going to come to a, a thing. Port. It's not like, that's like shift thing. things to the Navy, or? shift things to the border wall. Um, from Mexico. But I, I, I wonder if he so just understands stupid. what the Coast Guard does. Like, I'm pretty sure he's just like, oh, it's the people who, like, pull you over. Right? He no, does not understand he, it. So <laughs> it's, it's like repainting the boats as fucking ice or border patrol, right? Like, No, because I don't still... know if it's that. I would say it's cutting the budget of the Coast Guard, so right. it's just going to be a lot less of them, and they're going to have to retire those boats and stuff. But, like, if that, I mean, if we're considering that part of the border, then he's going to put something else in place there, right? How no, do you he has that? to. No, he doesn't understand the, okay. the idea of border control. The, to him, the border control is you build a glorious wall. Don't think it's that simple, but okay. I, well, well, clearly, I, look, man, I don't. I'm not trying to give him no credit, but I, yeah. you know, it just does. I don't. If you you're know, trying to cut the budget I, for the Coast Guard and also trying to build, you know, to protect our borders. I know not of what you speak and I am making only assumptions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I, I forget the, I can't believe I forget the abbreviation for the people who check your security at the airports. What's the T- TSA. 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 He's also planning on cutting the TSA as well, which seems Ooh, good for him. You think that's, I just need to look inside your asshole. Cause those people yeah. obviously need to be paid less, you know, clearly that's, that's who we need to attract the worst people in humanity to be protecting all of our lives. Yeah. No, these people need to be paid more, given more break. That's ridiculous. Why are we, we need cutting? more security at the table? I don't think, I think they'd be paid better security so you can attract theater. better people. It's all bullshit. What? Security theater. It's all bullshit. Uh, they- no, no. It's kind of secure. I would guess it's 98% theater, but there is a 2% chance of... Yeah, it's 98% theater. I mean, well, how many bombs actually are oh, coming through? Oh, so you mean through? more deterrent? Th- well, right. How many bombs deterrent, are they yeah, stopping more deterrent the than actually, Okay, yeah, I guess that's fair. I understand. I mean, when I, I've seen news channels, you know, do reports where they try and sneak things through, and the vast majority get of it through. gets through. Yeah. So should we pay them less and attract dumber people, or should we try to attract better people? No, I just think that, uh, you know, the airport security is a little ridiculous as it is. I mean, no matter no what, here, no matter what you're, you're creating some place where things can go wrong. So by stopping everyone going through the metal detectors and the scanning, oh, now you've created a huge pool of people that are much easier to fucking there's take a, There's I a mean, great joke. I forgot by a comedian. He was talking about uh, like how you have to take everything out of your bag, like all the possible bu- you know things that could be a bomb, and they throw them all into this one trash can yeah, where exactly. like everyone, there's like the most <laughs> amount of people crowding around that one trash right. can. So ridiculous. Okay. Can you and, tell me about North or what were, where were we going to go? Yeah, we were going to go to North Korea. That's where you're going to go? Yeah. Tell me everything. I'm actually, <laughs> yeah, just tell me everything. Well, I guess they're they're back in the news because one, they like to be in the news. This is something that's very interesting, very Korean. I know that it's true. They like to, to, to stuck, stuck their chest out. They like to puff their chest out, especially North Korea ever since Kim Il-sung. It's kind of their thing. It's to say, we're one of the big boys. Ever since communism took hold in post-World War II, um, they wanted to say that they were the stalwart against America. They and like kind of their David to America's Goliath kind of thing. And part of that is, you know, acquiring nuclear weapons. And you guys already said it. It's it's part of being part of that nu- that, that world stage. I'm Ron And yeah, and so Kim Il-sung's son, Kim Jong-il. Yes. yes Kim Jong-il. Yes. Lil, Lil Kim. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's so Ron Well, he's he was a special kind of crazy uh, too, but he didn't, he was kind of the part of uh, all 
talk. You know, I mean, he definitely wanted to sh- stuck stuck his chest out, but he, I don't think he ever seriously wanted. To, he wasn't suicidal. Uh, his son, uh, for, by all reports, is more crazy. Uh, I Kim, thought he'd be more sane, man. Kim Jong Un. He just took out his brother. Man. I guess it's just no. I understand, but uh, I remember he's when he also, power. I had a weird. I had a strange buttersy hope when it first started because I was like, he's like my age, and no. he's like he's going to be like a normal he's fucking woke. dude. I don't know if he was woke, but I didn't think power would 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 um, be so intoxicating for him. Be corrupted. Well, the AF. thing is, yeah. he's been corrupted by power since he was a baby. It's not like yeah, that's true. So don't. It's not like he was all of a sudden given the keys to the castle. He's kind of been groomed for sure. But I mean, I guess he would have, you know, had a sense of the uh, the outside world. I mean, he had. He to has. Have. He he was he was. Educated in, yeah, yeah. I think, precisely, I think exactly. Yeah, I thought it was so America. Weird... Was it U.S.? I'll check. I don't actually. think it was U.S. I think no. it was England or something. Yeah, I, I definitely I Western. But... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, but anyway, I, I'm sorry. Continue on what you're saying. Don't worry, don't worry about. He's that. not just crazy in the sense he's he's vindictive and paranoid, and in a very interesting time for Korea, where technology is kind of caught up to their umbrella and their bubble, and it's seeping through. Whereas a lot of people now have. You know, they have hide cell phones and stuff like that, and people do have somewhat access to the internet. Uh, not obviously very, very censored, but there are there are some leaks, I guess, from mm-hmm. the outside world. A lot of it's coming from China, from the northern border. That's kind of their big, big thing. And as China becomes more and more globalized and capitalist, it kind of seeps into North Korea. Drip, drip, drip. I see. Um, well, do, drip, should drip, we drip. be worried about them, or what's? Well, yes and no. Um, okay. It's it's always been puffing out chests from even the U.S. as well. Um, and I also wanted to talk about what happened recently because this kind of took another step after what happened a couple weeks ago when Shinzo Abe was visiting you know, Mar-a-Lago with Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, was basically these um, these war games that are conducted every year. And let me, it's called Full Eagle. Uh, Full Eagle basically started on March 1st and it's these joint tests with North South Korea that the U.S. does. And every year they do it. And every year North Korea does some crazy bullshit to try to show that they're right next to us, like, you know, to say that, you know, whatever, they're with us or whatever. We're still alive. They're still there. Um, this year was sending four separate missiles into the Sea of Japan, a thousand miles east towards Japan, into their economic zone, into their waters, uh, which is kind of scary. That's the first time that's been done like that. Um, and theoretically, also the bigger, crazier part is that they might have been parts of multi-stage rockets, meaning ICBMs. And multi-stage rockets means a crazier long distance range and possibly west coast of the U.S., uh, so that's a that's a scary thought, I guess. Um, and again, it could is it prostrating? Is it not? You know, is it just you know dick measuring? I don't know. Um, the question really is: Is Kim Jong Un suicidal? I think. And the question is also going to be: What's going to happen when North Korea becomes opened? Capable. It, well, it's going to happen. He, someone's going to something's going to happen. A revolution will occur sooner or later. Will it be televised? Hopefully. No, well, there's no cameras. There's no, it's like no electricity there. Would have been Twitterized if Twitter didn't bitch out. Uh, and the question is going to be who who will grab power and, and whoever grabs power in time, will they grab power the nukes before Kim Jong-un can nuke South Korea or Japan? Why will there be a revolution? Because every, it's going to happen. It's just every, every great authoritarian will, will crash down in flames. It's what happens over history. Okay. Uh, so it'll be a military grab, basically. It'll be a probably, coup at some point. I would guess so, a military coup at some point. They're right. going to say Kim Jong-un's a little too crazy. He's done some crazy shit. We're going to do this back for the get, get this back for the people. I, guess I don't think sense. it will be a popular revolution. I think they're too oppressed right now. So it will be some sort of yeah. military coup, and then eventually that will yield to a popular revolution in years' time. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably pretty fair. That's pretty accurate. That's kind of how it goes. I mean, it just depends on how much time in between each phase, you know, you Because, yeah, that's, that's, I guess the, the weird thing in that sort of civilization is that the military has to sort of 
be pretty knowledgeable about the rest of the world and they can only be so brainwashed. You know what I mean? Exactly, they, because they're the ones who are spying on the rest of the world. Yeah. They, 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 right. uh, there's a lot of them that know English that are, that are watching a lot right. of American they TV. They understand. Sure. Oh, yeah. They oh, just know. And so, yeah. Along those lines, a quick correction. We were both wrong. Uh, the UN was educated in Switzerland. Oh, okay. That was my goddamn guess. Son of a that bitch. That makes more sense. Neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but seriously, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're totally. cool with it. Um, they are coming off. I was going to say Italy, but I was like, that doesn't sound right either. Anyway, go ahead. So the big, big deal too recently is, is the THAAD missile silos. And I know, again, this is slightly evergreen, but this happened, you know, I'll just simply say it a couple days ago. It's a THAAD. THAAD, T-H-A-A-D. Uh, I forget what exactly the wording is, but it's basically a missile defense. Um, and it's a ballistic missile defense, which is a big deal. Uh, it's actually firing a- Thermonuclear uh, housing- He's administrative thermal high altitude area defense. So it's the, the ability to hit right? a ballistic missile with another ballistic missile. Supposedly, oh yeah, the Star Wars thing. It's supposedly like hitting a bullet with a bullet. Yeah. Right, exactly. But it, yeah, it blows up the missile with kinetic energy rather than exploding like a regular Patriot right. missile. Um, there was it, a great episode on Vice, by the way. I think it was like Vice Weekly that went over this pretty recently. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. well, I got to watch it. Okay, but anyways, this is the first time South Korea has ever had a land-based THAAD on their soil. And it's a big deal because it's scaring the shit out of China as well. China doesn't like this because China's view is that this is going to lead— <laughs> As long as we can blow them up, it's okay. Kind of. But, <laughs> but their view is also uh, it leads to a, a buildup of missiles. So basically you build up your armor, someone's going to build up their swords. And mm -hmm. someone's going to build up their armor even more, they build up their swords. Yeah, and okay. China built up their armor. So what the fuck? <laughs> Well, where is this leading, I guess, is the question. China even, it's so interesting, like just described North Korea and America as two accelerating trains headed towards each other. And they're freaked out about war too uh, because they will have to be kind of on the side of North Korea, I think. And, and I don't think they want to go to war with us because that will mean annihilation for them in many ways. And they don't want to do that. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know where this is all leading. Um, the I, problem with that is that it's – so not only is it – it does it fail more li more often than not, but also the one basic problem also is that whenever you do kind of fire off a nuclear missile, it's not like you just fire that one thing. You fire several right, different exactly. missiles. And so you have to pick the one – not only do you have to pick the – not only do you have to hit the bullet with the bullet, it's it's a shotgun that was blasted at you and you have to hit one of those individual pellets right. so with, the, with your defense. Yeah, but assumingly they have – a few of them. Well, that's the point. Like, this, this looks is, like a missile array. That so I'm the point at. is, what, it is. Yeah, yeah, it has it to be. It has to be. But still, but you, you have to hit. You have to stop a missile. You have yeah. to stop one missile with a missile of array we got in a missile array. Well, it's also the Aegis system. The Aegis system is Aegis or Aegis? We're going to throw eggs at them? Uh, Aegis is a famous shield, I think. Are they it was like a, it's, it's a shield of one of the Roman or Greek gods. Oh. I forget what it is. Uh, but Aegis. A-E-G-I-S. It was a famous shield in Final Fantasy if you ever played any video games. Jesus. It's it's this it's Nerd just, alert. oh okay it's carried by Athena and Zeus, it's uh, it was talked about in the Iliad, it's a shield. Anyways, we have a lot of these ships. They're basically missile defense ships, and U.S. has the most in the world. Uh, I think it's like fifty or sixty or seventy of them, and a lot of them are placed around strategically around South Korea to protect against this specific threat. Uh, basically, Thad can protect against short range and medium range, and they could protect South Korea and Japan, but not us. So. I don't know. It's interesting because there's always been this kind of shield, I guess, missile shield around South Korea, and there's always been this need to build more missiles in North Korea. So I don't know where it's leading. And also, it's interesting enough, you, you were talking about those, we, there's four of them that were just shot, and that was kind of the point, is Kim Jong-un was trying to say, hey, I can fire multiple at this one time to right. overwhelm your shield system. 
Um, so, cur- I mean, again, currently the best defense is mad. Not to offend. Mutually assured destruction is the, is still the, is still the best defense against nuclear weapon. Hence why, hence I, why, I think yes. that's why yes. everyone it's, 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 it's a yes and. I think for sure. What's the end? It's why it's terrifying, but it's why it's also inevitable. What is inevitable? The nuclear pro- proliferation. proliferation. Thank you. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Because well, well, everyone wants to be protected. Well, uh, well, no. So again, if they are protected by a few powers who have them, then it's good. Then everything's okay. The problem mm-hmm. is when the one power. Yeah. With a lot of the, you know, a lot of the defense that's supposed to be defending everybody against it is like, eh, I don't feel like defending you guys anymore. Totally. That's when nuclear pearl That's why everyone wants a it. Fucking problem. <laughs> well, no, now well, everyone wants it now. When, when you can't Trump trust is the cops, like, everyone wants a gun. Exactly. Exactly. So it be, it basically becomes a world of sort of anarchy and without an actual police officer. The so world like, is anarchy. It doesn't. No, it's not. <laughs> the world is not anarchy right now. As no. far and Joey will go off way better than I can. Yeah. But I mean, it, that that's Gosh. the problem that I don't think people are able to Deep grasp state. with this whole like, you know, oh, America, America doesn't want to be the world police. It's like, look, sorry, that's the fucking role that we fell into. That's just the way the situation is because nuclear weapons exist. We fucking used it. We sort of are now under an obligation, more or less, to. Bear to make sure burden. no one else does it. It's a shame, but we have to bear this burden as far as can we, well, you know, be the... God. We have to talk about why we became a superpower, I think. And it was World War II. And it's simple. One, we just the world was fucked up and completely destroyed. And the only one to come out of that war completely undamaged, besides Pearl Harbor, was us. Yeah. And we and we came out of it with a huge bustling economy because we made huge investments in the New Deal and all this and stuff. And a huge infrastructure. And that yeah. lasted us a good fucking while through the 90s, honestly. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see that it's not really lasting us. The military-industrial complex is kind of rearing its ugly head and causing us to get into debt, as we can see with this 54, five, 54 million increase in our but in our defense budget, sorry, billion, but can you speak? Um, but I, I guess where I was going, and I'm not really sure, but is, I don't know where I'm going actually, honestly, Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm nervous about war. Um, but I understand that it's, we have to think about it, um, relatively and that it's really, it, it, we are living in the most peaceful time relatively in human history. And, and we are kind of in this Pax Americana, which is this dip after World War II, where there hasn't been two superpowers going to war since then. And it's actually, uh, it, it's amazing. It's amazing to be living in this time, honestly. We're lucky. And we have to understand that it's it's an exception to the rule rather than the rule. Um, and And usually superpowers are at war, and we have to be kind of cognizant of that, I think, at all times. Yeah, just because it's okay now doesn't mean it's going to be okay forever. And I don't mind, and I don't mind being prepared for war. Like I don't actually mind a large defense budget. I think it's cool that we have a huge budget. I just think mm-hmm. we got to be, you know, mature about it and think about how to spend our money. And maybe that conventional warfare isn't what it used to be. And I'm definitely one of those Democrats that believes the intelligence agencies are the ones who, who should be leading this. And there's another great article by Malcolm Nance I wanted to mention. He kind of talks a lot about this. And he's a retired CIA agent. And he basically talk, or I'm sorry, naval intelligence officer. And he talks about how the the spying in the Cold War was a certain way, right? That classic James Bond esque you know, elbowing with, you know, casino guys and these big oligarchs to post-Cold War where we had these 9-11 style CIA guys with their M4s, with their bulletproof vests on going into war zones, you know, fighting completely open wars, you know, kind of thing, or, you know, in Somalia or whatever you want to call it. And then now he's saying that we are kind of stuck in that rut and we're not using the right intelligence for the right threat. And the right threat now is to actually be doing that James Bond style Cold War-esque stuff to try to get 
rub elbows with these oligarchs and understand the actual powers that be, meaning, you know, the oligarchs in Russia, honestly. But I- we're always fighting our previous war, essentially. Like, we're still stuck in the the tactics that won us the last thing. And it's, you know, that is the problem with the military industrial complex is that it entrenches us in those ideals. And it's really hard totally. to shift that beast once it starts going. Again, that's what I mean by deep state. Uh, I, okay, I understand what you mean by deep state, I guess. I would call it that. Yeah, I would call it the military complex. a better com- word I would, and I would make be everyone else uh, subscribe to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to use it. I, I, I take, again, just the government of America. You take umbrage with the semantics and the uh, the entomology, etymology. Etymology. Which one's donuts? Sure. <laughs> I just think it leads to too many conspiratorial <laughs> things. That's all. I just, um, that's buggy all. donuts. Um, it can. It certainly can. But let's I, I'm not sure. yeah, go ahead. let's kind of turn it to another part of the world, I guess. Unless you want to, do you have any more questions about Korea? I have a lot of questions. <laughs> about yeah, what do you yeah. have? Seriously, tell me. I, I, I mean, got some, I got some more stuff because the Kim Jong Un stuff is very interesting right now because of his assassination of his brother. Yeah, go ahead. Because yeah, just, there's a, there's a whole a by the way. Show. By the way, so so sure. You know what? Just go off because currently the whole. Like conflict with Malaysia, there's a there's a very tense Amazing. moment going. We yeah, forgot so just, about this because of the healthcare stuff, but right. this is insane. What's right. going on? Uh, basically, um, North Korea said no Malaysian citizens can leave our country. Right, which is fucking mind blowing. Like holding them hostage, effectively. Right, Malaysia and then, vice versa. By the way, Malaysia well, then I said guess that, yeah. no, there... Malaysia then said the embassy workers could not leave Malaysia. The North Korean embassy workers could not leave Malaysia because right. they were. You know, they're basically under investigation. Right. Wait, these Malaysians that are in North Korea, are they like citizens or are they like tourists? I would guess the latter. Okay. I don't think they have any foreign citizens. Yeah, well, th- no, there are definitely people that go oh, to— Oh, no, they have some, like that one Mexican—not Ch- Chilean, I'm sorry, Chilean dude. Well, yeah, apparently Is they're— Is Chilean? Fuck, maybe I, I can't I'm remember where I heard this. It was certainly on a podcast, but uh, someone was talking about how there are actually, like, a a community of American expats that live in North Korea, and basically their whole gig is playing the American villains in Korean propaganda. That's interesting. That's amazing. <laughs> I yeah, that. that's— uh, I believe it. Yeah, that's crazy enough to believe. Why not? Yeah, I definitely—I believe it, too. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I rep- recommend the propaganda game. This is the guy I'm talking about. I forget what his name is, but the propaganda Edward game is, is an amazing. Is that who is that? No, that's the guy that invented propaganda. Oh, uh, but the propaganda game is this documentary PR, that was kind of supposedly <laughs> theoretically made with the permission of the North Korean government, but it shows a really inside look of the North Korean government, how they kind of you know throw up everything as fake. It's actually pretty amazing. It's, I think it's on Netflix. So I recommend. Oh it. yes, I did see that. That was crazy. Like they, uh, he was trying to do like some just, you know, standard documentary shoot of a family having dinner and the Korean government made them have a, a North Korean director that came in and they did like a thousand takes and like made this kid say great things about North Korea. Uh, and like everything is just completely contrived and like every, they basically North Korea said that they were sending them security and these security guys just like you know ushered them around and showed them like everything they needed to see that's and basically every documentary i've ever seen about yeah. north korea though it's like, all like there was completely the, yeah. the one with contrived. the people who, like you know the doctors who came in to do the cataracts mm. the cataract surgeries that's the very first like north korean documentary i ever saw okay the guy i was talking about he's spanish uh his name is alejandro caldebenos de les y perez <laughs> uh he's a spanish political activist with close relations with north korea so he's actually like lives in north korea he considers himself north korean it's really wow. he's made like an interesting 
interesting character. And uh, he basically is the guide, like the tour guide for this documentary. And he takes you around and you see all these amazing, crazy. obviously crazy shit. That, um, uh, it's, it's just, you know, I don't think it really will end up with nuclear war. I got to be honest. I don't. I have a little faith that people are not suicidal. Whether how crazy Kim Jong-un is, I don't think that will come to that. Um, Unless he believes he'll go to heaven or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I mean, it's, but, it's not, I'm not ruling it out uh, scarily enough because what yeah, could happen. I mean, culturally, that, that, you know, the idea of dying for honor is, you know, completely divorced from Western notions, but uh, Eastern notions have held that as a fairly high regard for a long time. Banzai! Yeah, I mean. Well, okay, just not called Japanese Korean, but okay. Oh, I'm not. I, I said I, Eastern. I'm, you know, I mean, but, yeah. Um, I know what you're saying, and I think you're right to the extent that if, let's say, they came, view death came differently, that, is what I'm saying. Okay, okay, sure. I think that's fair. I guess. Um, I don't know. We'll have to. Whatever. I'll not yeah, touch that. Obviously, that's a gross generalization and probably racist, but a little bit. It's okay. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. Um, I think I think that uh, the, the scenario I'm envisioning is is yeah, there's some sort of rebellion revolution, and Kim Jong Un is thinking, okay, I'm probably going to be killed. Now I have one last you know, moment to do what I want. Should I send these nuclear missiles to Seoul? Should I bomb, you know, millions? What would it be his first target? I would say Seoul. 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 Why? It's the target. Why? It's, it's, it's is it South- just be, I mean, that's literally the only city I know the name of in South Korea. It's the so. biggest, it's, it's, it is South Korea. It's not, it's not also. Is it like their New it's, York, their it's economic? Way bigger. And- it's like their Tokyo. If, okay. if, you know what I mean? I, I think it's got like 20 million people. Like it's, it's, and it's a sprawling urban, huge, suburban, everything is centered on Seoul. It's huge. Um, there's obviously, there's like the breadbasket and like Pusan in the bottom, you know, and there's Jeju Island in the bottom, but it's, it, those are like very uh, agrarian Seoul, societies. Is Seoul the government uh, mecca agrarian. as it's well? Pretty, yeah, yeah. Every, it's the capital, it's everything. So the, all the government seats there. So they could theoretically take everyone out, you know what I mean? In one nuke. Do you know the capital for every country in the world? I used to. Jesus Christ. Not every. It was almost Like, every. you know town, you know, like, Countries little, change a lot you know, like, things. agrarian city, like, little villas You can in name South a Korea. city that's besides impressive. Seoul. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh, not many, actually. What's the capital of Chile? Santiago. Yeah, it's not hard. Only because you saw There's Something About Mary. <laughs> I was thinking about that at the soccer no. stadium that he built there. It's the capital of Luxembourg. Oh, come on. <laughs> Oklahoma City. <laughs> Um, so I, I was going to turn the page to, to the other side of the world, unless you guys Doesn't start with a C, the capital of Luxembourg. No idea. No, it's, I think it's Luxembourg. I was, I was joking. That was the joke. It's oh. Luxembourg city. Oh. Or Luxembourg. Is actually? Yeah. That's really impressive. I was making a joke about Oklahoma city. Okay. Jesus. Sorry. Cheyenne. <laughs> Mountain or Wyoming? <laughs> We're just naming, you're naming the city now? <laughs> I'm just saying things. Okay. I'm just saying words. Okay. Start with C. Do you want to give me, give me a harder one. Come on, test me. Cunt. Emmanuel. Very good. Yes, and. <laughs> uh, Ghana. Rhea. You know what? I don't know Ghana. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know a lot of the African ones. I used to. Rio? Did you say Rio? Yeah. Rhea? Rihanna? Dances Christ. on the sand. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Where were you going to go? I was going to go to, I was going to the Middle East and okay. scare you a little bit more. Please. Um, You're not angry, by the way. No, I'm not. I thought you were gonna get angry because I I can't be. It's it. I got. It's, it's too scary. I so I got to be kind of laugh, don't cry kind of thing. Accra is the capital of Ghana. Which Ghana? 
I'm just going to drink at that. Get some sand in your vagina there. Jesus. Okay. Anyways. Um, so apart from what I was saying earlier about Iraq uh, kind of taking over Mosul, which is a pretty amazing thing, we also have Raqqa. Or, yeah, Raqqa, Raqqa, however you want to say. I, I don't like Raqqa. It sounds like, you know, we're going to rock hard. <laughs> Raqqa's mine. Even if it's the wrong way to say it, I feel, we- I feel weird saying like rock on. It feels strange. Raqqa. Like I want to rock and roll all night. Uh, so every day. right now, everyone's kind of up in arms about the fact that we now sent, um, I don't want to bang on the drum all day. I want to party all the day. The 75th Ranger Division. Okay. Uh, and that's a big deal because usually the 75th and the 3rd Battalion are like the first to go minutes. into war, the Rangers, because well, obviously they're special forces for the army, but the 3rd has their, um, their base. I think it's in Fort Benning, Georgia. So they're right next to the headquarters. So like, they're like the, uh, the Vanguard unit, if you will. So when they go, so where they go, it's a sign that the army's coming with them. Uh, it used to be actually the first corps. They called the bloody first. Anyways. Um, oh, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Are we actually sending ground troops into Syria? Yes. 500. And there's also Marines there now too. 500 Marines. 500? About 500. I think we're, we're going to have about 1,000. How many were in it That doesn't before. even seem about, like a I thing. I think about 200 to 300. So we've opted from about a couple hundred, 200, I think to about 500 to maybe 1,000 by the end of the week and maybe more. Uh, there's also a thousand being mobilized in Kuwait currently. Which is this might, relevant to what you were talking about before? Well, to build up the forces for the eventual fight in Raqqa and <laughs> Raqqa. Rock is modern life. Rock is modern life. That's good. I miss that show. Let's laugh. <laughs> I don't remember that show <laughs> at all. Heifer? Heifer was a character. Oh, yeah. Sure. I remember the I remember the nineties like, a, like, like pattern, like the tapestry of his shirt. That's about yeah. it. Did you watch Red and Stimpy? I did. I love that show. I did. Uh, Let's talk about fun things. Pinky in the brain. Ooh. One's a genius, the other's insane. He wants to take over the world. What though. are we going to do tonight, Brain? Fucked it up. Same thing we do every night. Jesus Christ. I wanted to fuck it up. Take over the world. Many maniacs. Okay. Um, so why the fuck are we sending more ground troops into Well, this Syria? is, you know, Trump's secret plan of ISIS is to simply just send more troops. Um, I don't necessarily actually think it's a horrible thing. I gotta okay, say, good. a lot of people are uh, against this. There's a buildup of troops, but I think ISIS does need to be defeated. Um, now the question is, what happens after is a whole another fucking thing. Because I, it, I feel like the fucking damage has been done. I, honestly, man, it's it, I've seen the needle. It's just a war of ideas in the end when it comes down to the, all of this, and and the 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 easier the easier fodder we give them to to fucking. Um, recruit more people to their side as far as the West's hating Islam, it, the worse off we are. So there's one man who really Am is I in power yeah, and that espouses your belief that you just said. Okay. Do you know his name? Let's take so you can guess. He's, uh, he's pretty close to the president. Um, he Bannon. looks like a human pustule. Bannon. And I want to pop him so he never speaks ever again. Bannon. Wow, that sounded really gross. I didn't mean to say it like that. Yes, his name is Stephen Bannon. He's saying that I'm. He's saying the same thing Stephen I'm Bannon. saying. He's saying that we are in a war with Islam, and it's the West versus Islam. From no, no, no. Okay, so to clarify, I'm saying that I from. Was, I wasn't saying that you were saying that. I was just saying you were, we actually you were did. talking about that. Whoa. No, I was saying that you were saying you were espousing. You were talking about someone's opinion. That was. You My opinion. Well, what I was more or less saying. You're saying is it's a war of ideas. I'm saying it's. He's saying it's way more than that. He's saying it's an actual war. Okay. An right. You were saying it's a war, war. of ideas. I'm, I'm sorry I'm if I'm paraphrasing. Is, I, you're right. You're right. I, well, oh, god damn it. My solution, I guess, is different because I think that your final solution. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I I think that I think that the jihadists 
have a very particular viewpoint, which is that the West hates their way of life and wants to kill them and is uh, – and what our current administration has done has not helped defeat that argument. In other words, if they're trying to say that the West hates them and we, you know, we have to kill them before they kill us, and you know, they see themselves as to freedom say. fighters, I don't think that's what they're trying to say. Then, what do you think is ISIS's standpoint? What do you think ISIS is trying to say? I don't think or, they're trying the to say jihadists. Basically. I don't think they're trying to say the U.S. hates us. They're trying to say we hate them. That's what I. That the U.S. hates them. No, I'm trying no. to say ISIS hates the West. Why do they, they hate us? They though? just hate us in a vacuum without us having anything to do Correct. with or That's any acknowledgement of them. Uh, well, that might be the case, but their recruitment techniques are based upon the upon the fact that we'll kill them before they kill us, and we hate uh, my, them. My point so is, they this. Ought to I hate don't us. know how much our we can affect the recruitment. I I got to be honest. I, I mean, with our words, obviously, if we start bombing cities, that, that affects. But it recruitment. also has to do with actions too. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden, that, that's what I'm saying. It does. That, that's like, that's yeah, exactly like what I'm I mean, we, yeah, we're stopping refugees from entering who are trying to leave. So it's like I've said this on so many fucking no different episodes here. of this show. If they're trying to leave, okay, well, it's either it's either I join this group that will accept me, or continue to flee from this group that's trying to kill me to. To try and get to a place that doesn't want me. Those are my only two options right now. <laughs> well, if we're talking, you have to, as we're talking about those specific six countries, yes. Yeah. The answer is yes, because there is an ongoing conflict in all those countries. There is a third option. What is what, the third option? To fight. Well, that's what we're uh, doing. Right, but, in but on whose behalf? For fight, fight all of those countries. Which actually. power? You don't have a gun. You're just a person in a hut with a, with a family. Get a gun, goddammit. <laughs> Good well, luck. Well, they, they have. They're the ones with guns. Well, we were trying to support the, you know, the Syrian Democratic Coalition in Syria, which is made up of these people who yeah. did get a gun and want to fight. Some of them Kurds, some of them, you know, Syrians. Um, and that's what we're doing. We originally were just kind of giving them guns and hoping for the best. And, and Russia and Syria were killing them along with ISIS. Yeah, no, I mean, but now that we've kind of. My, my point is just a little bit more. Um, nuanced. Well, not even nuanced, just personal. Like, you know, picturing like a, a Red Dawn scenario. People are coming into to my village or my, my town, and they are, you know, d destroying apartment complexes near mine. I have three choices. I can either join them, I can run away, or I can fight. It, to me, it is that simple. Um, obviously, none of those choices are simple in and of themselves, but those are the, the three biggest choices. And unfortunately, if too many people are running away and too many people are joining and not enough people are fighting, that is a, a big problem as well. But I mean, but it also has to do with, you know, how, how far their views are from yours. Certainly. You know what I mean? If you like, like in other words, so people are always afraid of Sharia law, right? But I, I don't think a lot of people even know pound for pound what that means. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the exact same. It's just a, a yeah, it's you know, another boogeyman. I don't think agree there. I don't think it's another boogeyman. I think people. No, people I'm not can, trying to. Say people it. can read it in a book and know what Sharia law means. Right, right. Well, but you know, well, okay. To, when I, my my point is that um, Sharia law isn't. You don't have to adhere to all of Sharia law. Like a, a basic tenet of Islam is you pray five times a day, right? And that's that's Sharia law. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's an element of it. So once again, if you have one group that is kind of intensely fundamental. Yeah, but you just named, you just named the nicest part of Sharia law. No, no, you didn't I name any of the horrible parts of Sharia law. My my point and, is and simply, by the way, you, you can just again, call it Sharia by the way. Once again, my my you're right, fine. My 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 point is that you have a person with these three options that we're talking about, right? One, you fight. 
Two, you you one, you join the group that you sort of don't agree with. Two, you fight that group that I you know. don't agree with. Or three, you run away. Running away is off the table at this moment. So now you either well, fight this. That's not your running away to America. I, I'm, just, is I'm off- just basing it off of the you know the what. I, I'm saying it's not. I'm saying you can run away. That's possible. I understand. I'm taking it off the table right now, as far as the mentality that we can break down, as far as a recruitment tool, right? And no. Okay, I'm following. I'm just trying to break down this. I'm running. I'm interested. Exactly. In other words, it, um, if the people that you are supposed to now either fight against or join, if their views aren't crazy far away from yours, pound for pound, you're already in a war-torn country. It's, you know, life is not going to be easy under any circumstance, right? Yeah. So now you're, you are going to have to give up your humanity. You are going to have to essentially look at women women as a lesser person. You're Service going to have to be ready to kill a fucking homosexual. Yeah. There are many different things that you sort of, under this new fundamentalist activity, have to kind of at the very least, be complicit about yeah. and right. internalize. That's, that's you right. have to be complicit about yeah. that kind of stuff. Now, uh, you know, there were people who were complicit in this sort of latent racism of Trump's policies that, you know, it, I, once again, pound for pound, what's to, what's really to deter someone from sacrificing their humanity in the, in the light of them potentially dying? Right. Uh, a, the most dangerous man is the man with nothing to lose. Exactly. And, and that's I, – I, I guess that's my outlook as far as the recruitment methods that we haven't done much to help. Certainly. I don't so think – So sure, maybe we're not going to change anyone just with our words, but I think we, we – we aren't making it any easier with how our actions. How, how, do we support, actions. how do we support the more moderate elements of the Middle East as the United States? What, is, what can the United States do? Treat – treat every single person that we're at quote war with with humanity kill them with kindness i didn't say that i simply said humanity look at them as a human being no i mean what is is, that what does that relate to in policy how does that how does that translate to policy this is often something that's pointed to in world war ii when we started taking uh prisoners of the the nazi uh hierarchy we didn't keep them in germany we didn't keep them in internment camps we actually brought them back to america and we treated them well and that was a big part of them being converted to being useful members of our society you know it is there is a lot to be said for the idea of showing them another way of living and showing them a little bit of kindness and breaking down all of those barriers. And I, I don't want to go so far as to kindness. I'm simply saying right. humanity. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? It's, it, you know, st- stopping a refugee. <laughs> Geneva conventions. Yeah, basically. <laughs> stopping a refugee from entering simply because they're from this this country or kind of a putting a cap on it is, <sighs> is, is, a de- is a, can be a dehumanizing outlook on how you treat a particular situation. I'm not saying open but, borders. I'm not saying yeah, taking every refugee. I'm simply saying, um, you know, not just, I don't fucking know, man. Even, but even an ISIS member, is that not a human being? Does that not, does that person not have a point of view when they're trying to kill me? Right. I mean, they, they have, they are a human being. So how do we approach that situation? My answer is, I don't know, man, but the, but I think that that will go a long way. It, it is another human being that has a particular point of view. So if we just start there, that's a way to to kind of make war. Humanizing a, the enemy is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, or just look at them as a human. <laughs> okay. They are human. It's not a question of humanize. Just they recognize, recognize their humanity. Sure. Yeah. 
I think that's a fair assessment. Um, the question is, do, do the people in power right now feel that way? No, not at all. I don't think so. Not at all. No fucking way. What leads you to believe that? Um, their words and their <laughs> actions. Grab them by the pussy. <laughs> no, give, well, no, <laughs> when I didn't, you're I didn't do anything. I meant, I meant Bannon or? That's also what, kind of bullshit. What did you mean? I'm sorry. I meant people in the, the Muslims or people in the Middle East or whatever, or Arabs or whatever you want to call it. How are they, how are they treating them specifically to show that they feel that way? I think that I, I think banning banning people on the on the basis of their religion, okay. as far as the the two Muslim bans that were passed, um, goes a long way in showing that it ha- doesn't have anything to do with their humanity. Do you it think is, that the this second Muslim ban yeah, was not based on religion? It was based purely quote on, unquote right, right. But I mean, you know, letter of the law, spirit of the law, whatever. No, but I, I I can't agree with with letter of the law spirit of the law i really can't okay they, they took out the things that you know weren't favorable out- to that but yet right. it, the, the result is more or less the same yeah so if the result is more or less the same and what they ultimately wanted a priori was trump said is how do i do, legally do a muslim ban and that's from giuliani and are we believing him but yeah yes i am because he's an idiot <laughs> and they're just saying things they're You're all right. a bunch of fucking varsity so, goons yeah, man like I, I i don't i don't see any reason to believe why and once again, man, it's like these are bad hombres. These are bad goons. You know what I mean? Just the yeah. kind of general homogenization of an other from Trump is a dehumanizing mentality. Trump. And Bannon, for that matter. So, you know, I, I think that it's just a lesser, regardless of what whatever it is, whether, you yeah. be, whether you're a Mexican or a Muslim or a, in many instances, I don't want, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to say woman. But anyway, that's that's, I guess, my point. That's what leads me to believe that that this administration currently, as they're taking their marching orders, is seeing is not doing a very good do- good job at 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 recognizing the humanity in their enemy. Oh, and that's not their intent at all. Like, no, they uh, don't give a shit. Yeah, uh, I know. So Bannon's that whole you, philosophy you guys are fighting is different wars. Yeah, Bannon is a warrior. He views himself as a warrior. He wants to identify his enemies and crush them. Mm-hmm. He's like a Conan. What's that? God damn! What's the quote? The librarian, Matt Conan. <laughs> way too inside sorry uh no i, I actually forgot who that was for a second I just like it's word. like he's like says like the glory of a man to like find his enemies and crush them beneath his feet or something like that he's a bannon feels that way he lives to crush his enemies. i just want to feel sand beneath my toes was that russian i uh, yeah okay i don't know do why. they have sand the, i don't know man the only sand <laughs> beaches they have is crimea i don't know man crimea river <laughs> <laughs> you're not ending this yet I'm not trying. Okay. Go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm just I'm kind of of two minds on the the Middle East stuff here because I'm very much it, uh, agree with you kind of that it is a war of ideas and that we do have to some, but I but I've come to the conclusion many times that we just simply have to support um, the moderate Muslim community and try to help them reform whatever they can and help them help themselves. Um, and I don't know how much our role is in there. Like, is, is it sending ground troops in or does that, is that a counter-effective if we're showing our, and if we're bombing cities? Um, recently, I was just reading another article about how um, well, the U.S. bombed, sorry. Yeah, okay, sorry. I, the, um, I, think, it, I think it really uh, largely depends on, once again, so if, if, if we're presupposing that my, my outlook is a, is a fair way to go about war, right? Um, I think that a ground troop that is, espousing the ideas that I'm talking about as far as, you know, um, having some, not diplomacy, but I guess some wherewithal of 
who he or she is dealing with as a troop can go a long way once there's a face behind it. There's an actual human being right next to you rather than a machine from the air. So then that, therefore, logically, I agree with you, actually, in that you prefer ground troops than drones. It it largely uh, depends on how it's done. If it's a a face that's just looking at you like an other and and who's going to kill you if you kill them, or if it's a face that is... Is friendly to the community in such a way that, like, right. you know, a, a, in the same way a cop walks into a neighborhood that they're completely unfamiliar with. I agree. How do they approach that situation, and how can they how can they make it how can they best approach the situation so, to for to be helpful for everybody rather than just a machine, you know, a fucking RoboCop, basically. Sure. I understand. Yeah, I can't remember where this comes from. If it was the um, the German border during World War II or trench warfare during World War One, but I remember hearing stories about like how both sides would just kind of be at a stalemate for such a long time that like eventually, you know, someone would go over to the Russian side and just offer them some vodka, and people would just sit down and start drinking and talking, and eventually, over you know a few weeks or nights of doing this, they when the orders came down that they were supposed to fight each other, they would all just kind of like put down their arms and kind of like mutually surrender and you know because mm. you knew the dude that you were actually uh, looking so you're, at the you're kind of take, you're kind of um, taking take, a few tall tales right and exaggerating oh, okay. uh yeah it happened it has happened in a lot of wars first of all it happened in the civil war you know where, where soldiers would meet and they would kind of exchange food and stuff like that Play but baseball. the big one you're talking about is the western front of world war one okay. where they basically played soccer together on mm. christmas that's the yeah big, yeah that's the big story and that they crossed the trenches and that kind of thing but they did never disobey orders and not and say we're not going to fight today or for okay. That that didn't happen, I don't think. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I guess there might be an inst- instance of that in history. But I think the one you're thinking of is World War One, where they did supposedly uh, play soccer. Yeah, I, no, I think I am conflating like eight different things. And then yeah. there's also conflicting stories about how much it was. It might have just been some dudes kicking around a ball for five minutes, like whatever. But you know what I mean? It, it is interesting. Uh, war is is way different than that now. It's just not It's not what it, it used to be, right? It used to be an honorable man, a knight, you know, in shining armor, riding his jolly steed. Jolly? No, steed. Noble steed. Noble steed. Thank you. <laughs> Noble steed. You know, the steed could be jolly the, too. The, it's uh, just you know, it's just galloping, having fun. Think of and, like you know, charge of the light brigade. That's not happening anymore, kind of thing. So w- maybe we should half a league, half a league, half a league on. Oh, I knew you. Well, somewhere I knew you would know it. Like, I, <laughs> it's a very famous poem. <laughs> it, seems, <Yeah. laughs> it seems like a lot of the promise and disappointment of the internet, though, was that it was supposed to bridge a lot of these gaps. Uh, it was supposed to sort of bring us together and sort of uh, humanize those across the globe. Well, technology separates too, right? Exactly. Obviously. Yeah, it, it seems to have had the kind of counterproductive effect. It, it's both, right? We have Twitter, you know, which connects, you know, the people in the Iranian, you know, rebellion or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. No, we hope a couple of years ago, you know, that uprising yeah. that happened. Or but it's, Twitter to- totally fucking turned their shit over and now there's sure. – it doesn't but, exist anymore. But you're right. It also does lead to – Predator drones. So I mean, it's 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 a yes and a. Well, no. I mean, even if we take the 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 idea of the pure Twitter, part of that was still the idea that you could subscribe to the people that would echo your opinion. So even though it is capable of spreading this sort of mass democracy or mass uh, deotherification, whatever the the actual and effect ended up being an insulary polarization of things. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I think things are just getting hotter and hotter in different parts of the world. And I don't know what direction it goes until we get to war. It, it seems like there's no other sort of outcome, I guess, is what I guess I'm, I'm afraid of. That's all. 
uh, whether it, it is, is like in North Korea or humanity's pressure valve. Just needs a spark. Yeah, I mean, it's the the way yeah. the way World War One and Two were always described to me is just like gasoline constantly, sort of a slow yeah. pour and always. And yeah, no, I think World War One especially, I would say, is is what you're talking about. Yeah, is where that we have these specific alliances that have been built up and built up and built up and say and treaties that basically say if you attack one of us, you attack all of us. Yeah. Right, and that's obviously NATO. So if anyone attacks any NATO country, we have theoretically World War III with nuclear weapons. Right. And that could happen, honestly, it's all, I mean, it, 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 it was very close to happening because Ukraine was voting on becoming in the NATO country right before and it just got, you know, fucked over. Shit, by the time the show came out, it could be, have happened already. I mean, it, it's, all it takes is for Putin to kind of invade Estonia. That's all it takes. And, and, uh, and we got it. Um, it's not that far. Estonia's got great technology. You've been infrastructure. No, I just hear uh, all of the nerds always talking about how like the internet speeds are like some of the best in Estonia, and like that's where like a lot of like tech uh, uh, tech companies are centered. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. You know the capitals of them. It's the uh, song Tallinn, Riga. I I didn't know the song Tallinn, Riga. Tallinn, Tallinn, Riga, Latvia, Riga, Vilnius, Vilnius. That's where my family's from. What is just south of uh, Lithuania? Belarus and Poland. What is the capital of Turkey? Ankara. Really? Yeah. That's good. I would have guessed Istanbul. So uh, I guess, do you want to talk about Turkey since you just randomly mentioned it? Yes. Interestingly enough, Mr. Michael Flynn is a Let's foreign talk agent. Let's Turkey. Uh, Recep Erdogan, the crazy autocratic nutball who uh, denies the Holocaust and likes to start fights with Angela Merkel calling her a Nazi. <laughs> Aunt Jemima. Called her a Nazi last week. Not very nice. No, <laughs> That's right. I did see that. She, she's like, she canceled a like a trip, basically, right? They were supposed to have a meeting, and he's like, eh, "This Nazi bitch." And she's just deal. like, "Don't, I, don't fucking, are you out of your mind?" Like that's <laughs> like the worst thing you could call me. That is the yeah. N word, pun intended. <laughs> really? wow. For a German. Wow. Good job. Jeez. Um, so Germany actually has the biggest diaspora of uh, Turkish citizens in the entire world. It's got 3 million of them. It's kind of interesting. Uh, they Is came outside of Turkey or outside including of Turkey? Turkey? No, outside of Turkey. Okay. Obviously the most Turkish people. <laughs> obviously Turkey's got the most Turkish people. Well, well no, but I mean, it might still be the city with the most Turkish people. I don't know. Uh, no, basically just Germany yeah. is 3 million. Um, they came over as migrant workers, I think after World War II. Um, where are Persians from? Persia. <laughs> there is no Persia. It used to be. It's Iran. It's Iran, right? I thought yeah. so. Okay. Uh-huh. Iran's uh, well, so far away. Turkish and Iran, Iranians hate each other. Tur- uh, Turks. Yeah, they're all kind of, you know, they're all hating each other. <laughs> they're all not friends. Also, Turkey is now the secular Sunni state where Iran represents the crazy oh, religious Shiite state. Oh, interesting. Iran okay. is the center of Shiite power where basically Saudi Arabia is the center of uh, Sunni power. Are Iranians, okay, would Iranians consider themselves Persian? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. They're synonymous. Yeah, uh, most uh, Iranian people I know in America call themselves Persian. Exactly. Well, I, I guess that's my point. Like, I from the the, the Persians I know aren't fundamentalist. Well, you Muslims. know the ones from Beverly Hills, but yeah, yeah, correct, right? <laughs> they're yeah, they're fine. Well, they're nice so people. I, I guess what, I'm, <laughs> what? They're the good ones. <laughs> <Wow>. What, <laughs> what, what uh, I'm what so I'm currently stupid. talking about are Iranians in Iran. 
Would they call themselves Persians? Persians? Probably not. That seems like a uh, an American softening term. Well, they speak they speak Farsi, so maybe uh, I don't know what they would say. Like it's kind of like saying Hispanic or something. I speak. Well, no, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's. I guess there's sort of a there's a there's a. Go ahead. From my understanding, it's that we've you know for at least my lifetime we've always been at odds with Iran, and so for uh, people of Iranian descent in America, they to tell someone else when they're asked to say that I'm from Iran. That right, it has like, oh. a, exactly that has a connotation, right. whereas Persian doesn't. Uh, Omar Gaddafi. Exactly. My my understanding is that the term Persian is is applied by them, you know, like uh, a custodian for a janitor. You know, just a better sounding term. Uh, you know, that doesn't have the connotation. Right. That's kind of what I was going for. Okay. Um, and Iran is definitely another possibility here for a war. Um, I would say besides North Korea. Uh, I mean, and we're already at war in Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan, kind of. Quran is the target. Um, and, you know, obviously they're on notice. The target of who? The United States. Uh, well, because we are allied, I'm not, I we are allied with Saudi it. Arabia. Okay. That's the deal. Why is uh, that? Well, that's a whole other, oh, wow. po- that's another podcast, my friend. Texas, Texas tea? Upton Sinclair. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is oil. It's a long, long time coming, too. I mean. It was a choice. I think the U.S. had made a long time ago a choice between certain dictators and certain dictators, and they decided that Saudi Arabia was better than Iran, mostly because of the Iran-Iraq War, I think, and also you know, nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah, we flip flop all the time. We've always been at war with East Asia. Yeah, aggression will not stand, man. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, sorry for that plosive. What? They like the sound jokes. So you think we're gonna we're gonna go to war with Iran? No. What does that mean ultimately? When we, I mean, there's nothing. I don't know. We're gonna hack them. A nuke, be all right. We'll hack them. Well, Iran supposedly doesn't have nukes, right? That was the whole Iran deal, um, right? But the problem is they do have a lot of ballistic missiles. They have a huge navy and they have a pretty big army. And the target for Iran has always been Israel, which brings up a whole another complication there because if Israel's attacked, the U.S. pretty much will go to war. Um, and that's kind of the deal's been for a long time, especially now. Israel with, with publicly the, has nukes now, right? No, never publicly. Admitted. Okay. Still, never. why are we so cool with Israel? Um, they're well. One so we created they're, it. They're, and I, I struggle to say this. They're a democracy where they're, they're mm. slowly losing it in the past month or two with some of their laws that they're passing. But uh, they're a democracy in the Middle East, which is something we have traditionally supported. Okay. Plus, there's a huge American Jewish community that has, ever since you know 1950s, has been very powerful in the United States. Okay. What are what are some of the democracies in the Middle East? "Quote unquote." Israel. What? It's Israel. What do you mean? <laughs> Is it? I mean, you. Can, I mean, if you want to call Turkey one, I, I wouldn't. I would call it a, a very, very, very flawed democracy. Okay, that's it. That's it. Egypt, kinda, not really. Military dictatorship, kind of. Um. Yeah, that's a Iraq it. almost. Iraq almost, yeah, and that's the truth. But the the truth is, right before you know this past week, you could say a quarter of Iraq was controlled by ISIS, right? So kinda, <laughs> and also they have extreme problems now with Kurdish with with the northern Kurds who want their own independent state. What about the way? No, they're for the south. That's and then obviously there's the Shiites now control Iraq, and the Sunnis have lost control ever since the Ba'ath Party and Saddam Hussein were ousted. So they are really discontent with the government as well. So there's a lot of civilian sectarian strife. You know, it's been since that, since basically Bush fucked them over. The fertile land between two rivers. Yeah, it's a constant battle, huh? <laughs> it's just it just kind of feels like we said World War One, where there's just all these different ties. <laughs> And these different alliances, and it's just getting so complicated that you're right. It, you know, Archduke Ferdinand could explode into 
you know, what we've all feared. What is our, the, what is the modern equivalent of the Archduke Ferdinand? Like, what is the spark, do you think, that could set it's off a number, all this It's shit? a number of things. Uh, well, yeah, af- what, what are some possibilities? I was afraid it was uh, Kim Jong-un's brother. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. I mean, when I first saw that in the news, I, I assumed that was going to be the, the precipitous of a, uh, uh, a smack talk war at the very least and some, you know, uh, escalation on it their still part. still could be, I guess. I suppose, but I, th- I think it's—oh, I guess they haven't admitted that it was uh, Ill that killed his brother, or Un that no, killed his brother. No, they will never admit that. Right, right. Uh, that- fucking with VX or whatever the fuck, right? Yep. That's some crazy shit, dude. Jesus yeah, it's always like the same. Uh, by the way, VX Gas is always in every fucking movie with Schwarzenegger. I know it's so crazy. It's like hmm. they're, they're, like they watched a bunch of eighties movies. The and they're like, Rock. oh, we got to use VX nerve gas. I know. It's <laughs> like, uh, but what it means to me is that he's paranoid at uh, Kim Jong Un. I mean, and that he's clearly freaking out about someone ousting him and then putting Kim Jong uh, Kim Jong Nam in power. Uh, Kim Jong Nam's son actually recently just came out into the uh, the public for the first time ever, which is interesting. I didn't even know he had a son, so that's also kind of a big deal now too, because supposedly Kim Jong uh, Nam was under Chinese protection, and the Chinese are also now pissed off at North Korea for killing him because I think the Chinese secretly want to wanted to install him, want to install him exactly. They want to have open borders and have sort of this you know perestroika glasnost thing for North Korea. Which is, you know, eventually going to happen anyway, but unless Kim Jong-un has any say in it, which he clearly did. And it shows that he's still kind of keeping hold of his power with an iron fist. He just, I think he just uh, executed more people with an anti-aircraft gun. That's kind of his thing. He likes to, you know, make a big show of force. Clearly. That's a hell of a show of force. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said there's a couple of different possibilities that could be the spark. What, what do you think those are? I mean, are you talking about specific people being assassinated? Or are you talking about I, I, this no? It, it doesn't really matter. It's whatever, whatever you think. I mean, it, you know, there's a lot of gasoline all over the world, so there are many different possibilities of sparks, which I guess in many ways is a good thing. I mean, it, it, there are some. Well, any there's a lot of blame to go around. Well, first of all, well, it's just there's more containment. It's not mm-hmm. like it's you know, it's just two sides of the world all hating each other. There are several different sides of the world hating many other different sides of the world. So, so like one like, spark could blow, you know, could. Could blow up a, a third of it, but not the whole world. It depends yeah. who's setting the spark. It really does. Is Putin setting the spark? Or is Kim Jong-un setting the spark? Let's start with Putin. What's, <sighs> what's the Putin spark? Where would What would be the best kindling for his forest fire? He would have to invade Kiev right now. <laughs> uh, Where is Kiev? <laughs> Kiev's the capital of Ukraine. Right. Uh, and right now it's still controlled by the Kiev Democratic government. Um, and he would have to send tanks through the eastern part of Ukraine into Kiev, the capital, and actually annex Ukraine, um, which would be is similar to kind of Hitler taking Poland kind of thing. And what – okay. So that's NATO versus the the UN. Not the UN. I'm now, sorry. The thing NATO is Ukraine – versus... this is the gray area here because Ukraine is not in NATO. So he, that's why he's fucking with Ukraine. No, he's I not understand. fucking with you know, Lithuania. Um, so that's the question is what what is what did the America's response from that? Because that's a serious threat and who knows what Trump will do. Um, nothing. What, what? Maybe not. Maybe not. And that's actually – I got to be honest – it will be nothing. Yeah. He will let Putin take whatever he wants. Totally. And that to me is also fucking crazy too. We can't let that happen. Is appeasement the right policy? 
fucking no. He's a dictator. So is Ukraine a completely independent democracy right now? Uh, aside from the re- the current upheaval in the east and obviously Crimea, okay. which has been annexed by Russia. Would you consider it a a thriving democracy? You know, uh, yes. You, you, you more uh, a better representation of democracy than Egypt and yes. Okay. Yes, uh, they have a history of democracy too. Um, they also used to own 300 nukes. They got rid of all their nukes, which oh, is really? crazy. Yeah. They were one of, they were like the third largest country with nuclear weapons. Is that just because they were left over? They, well, just because that's where the Soviet Union put them. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The answer is yes. <laughs> when, when, when they withdrew, they were still there. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And, they, and, the, and the government had them for a little while, and they got rid of them in the 90s, I believe. Uh, and that's Do we kind of, know where those are? <laughs> they supposedly got dismantled. Okay. okay. And that's the whole deal is like, we've dismantled about half the world's stock. Oh, well, that's where weapons. they fucked up. Maybe if they held on to them, they wouldn't be being invaded right now. Or maybe they would fire them. Still wouldn't be being invaded. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Even if we're just dancing in the dark. Hmm? This gun's for hire. I said that already. I know. That's why I, I know. Ike was ending it. You said this gun's for hire before. and I. It's the song that doesn't end. That's fine. Uh, so that's the spark with them, which essentially, I guess, that's more or less World War Three. You think? Well, no, because Trump's not going to fucking now, do there's, shit. There's so. also others. I mean, you know, they could do a lot. They could, they could actually send the missile somewhere. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's. I mean, if you really want to, you know, go all conspiracy here, it could be a perp- uh, a uh, increasing of that military industrial complex. So if you think uh, Trump is just in it for increasing funding and he is colluding with Putin, isn't it possible that they are colluding for war? Or at least to build up nucle- uh, military services, which will enrich both of them. Yeah, either. and that Putin loves that. Putin loves any excuse to tell his people, "Oh my God, look, America's building up their their military. Now we have to build up ours." What does Putin want? Power uh, to hold on Sputnik. to power and to expand the Russian Empire to what it once was. Right. Okay, that's another thing that I I think we had talked about: expand the Russian Empire to what it once was. Yeah. Okay. So what are some what are some countries that he wants that are at odds with the West. That are at odds with the West? In other words, that we, so I know we've talked about Ukraine. Is there another country that he's suddenly going to fucking take that? Okay. Uh, Georgia's a big Georgia. one. Are they, they're not necessarily at odds with the West. They're just not necessarily part of NATO. Right? Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I wasn't actually even answering the odds with the West thing. So okay. I'm a little confused by the question. Do you mean like, like people that, that, that Russia might invade that will be at odds with the West? There's no one like that, that, Who's at odds with the West besides Iran and, you know, China? Oh, I, I guess I, I spoke incorrectly. With, with, with NATO, essentially. What are, it, what are countries that NATO doesn't want Putin to take? Well, one, any—first of all, any hopefully country. no country. <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, they don't want him, they want him to stop right now. He's currently kind of slowly creeping in Georgia. Basically, Okay, so I guess a better—I don't want to say better, but— Please a, say better. Some, uh, another thing we need to figure out, or at least I don't know enough about, is why are uh, Georgia and the Ukraine not part of NATO? Interesting. Um, okay, so basically, the way to deal with you have to kind of deal with them one at a time. I think Georgia might want to be, but there's a huge element of Georgians that have sympathies towards the former Soviet Union and Russia. So it is Georgia that would have to vote to be part of NATO, or is yes. NATO both? I think who's being uh, a dick here? 
Probably both. Both. I don't think they're being a dick. I think it's scary to join NATO in that sense because Sweden hasn't joined NATO. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't want people, they they don't want to make a commitment because they think that when World War III comes, if you're in NATO and you're in the border with Russia, you're a target. They don't want to be nuked. They don't want to be invaded. They they want to try to be neutral in some senses. uh, Between Iraq and a hard place? Exactly. And that's interesting between all these former Soviet Union countries and that they don't know whether to turn to the West or the East. They're scared. They're scared of the West and they're scared of the East. Now, obviously, they shouldn't be scared of the West because it's that's... A, uh, a fractal or a micro versus macro thing. They are essentially facing the the same conundrum that we were talking about with that ind- independent villager that was mm-hmm. fleeing the country. Do I stay? Do I go? Do I fight? You know, it's... Yeah. I think it's interesting and, and it's going to come to a point where they're going to have to make a really hard, harsh decision. Uh, and that's going to be soon. Um because you know you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything yeah i mean i guess they're they're cool they're not cool russia is horribly russia ukraine is is insanely upset about what's going on in donetsk in the eastern part and all these areas and that russian has you know basically invaded their country and taken away crimea now crimea is a whole other issue because there's you know history the river but the river crimea river ah damn it uh, the whole another really interesting part about Russia, and I always think about, I always like this. Is is my history teacher used to tell me warm water port, and Russia is always looking for a warm water port because they want to expand their navy. Their navy is a huge deal to them. It's not just what we think it is like for us. It's like everything to them. Their navy is. Um, well, northern well, passage is almost ready. So because they've never had the world expansion power that they they wanted, and when they have, it's been with Peter the Great. Well, I never had a Super Nintendo, name. but that doesn't mean it's fucking necessary right now. Of course, but that's <laughs> like, the way. So not silly. only not only do traditionally Russians feel like that they're in competition with the West, but Putin especially feels like this. I'll give you a really funny example that I heard when George W. Bush was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel recently. Uh, he basically said that uh, Putin visited him and said, "You know, is that your dog?" He, like he checked out his dog, like Barney, and he's like, "Barney looks weak. He's like a little baby dog." And, and Bush was like, okay. And then Bush visited Putin back in Russia. And Putin all of a sudden brings back this huge ass basset hound and comes out and goes, look, this is a dog. Oh my God. This is bigger and stronger. What an <laughs> and, asshole. And, but, yeah, and Bush was like, and Bush said something smart. He's like, that tells you all you need to know about Putin. And he's right. Bush, as dumb as he is, is sometimes a good judge of people. This was W? W. Mm-hmm. The worst part is like Trump would be like, well, I'll just get a person to be a dog. That's bigger than a dog, right? <laughs> I don't know how Trump will react to these kind of things. He'll get a big dog. He will like, probably he's like, get I a bigger have a dog. mini pony. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. He'll I have think... the biggest dog. Yeah, the best exa- dog. Exactly. I know a lot of people are saying that That's he's a very— That's why it's terrifying. Yeah. It's not a good situation. And mm. people have already said that the, the honeymoon between Putin and Trump has been over. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Especially since well, Flynn, they got Flynn has been announced so and, and all these— like... Basically, I think Putin views Trump as a liability now because he knows that he's under investigation, I think. He knows that he's – well, maybe not specifically investigation, although I do think – Putin views Trump as a liability? Yeah. Why? Yeah, regardless no of the arrangement, it makes yeah. sense to distance yourself from it. I mean, right. But also, more importantly, there's no – I mean, he it, doesn't this want- can only work out well for Putin. Kind of. Honestly, kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's So it's either the fact that it's revealed the fact that Trump – Trump was, you know – essentially elected by Putin in a weird way, right? But by him colluding, et cetera, down the line, or he was just an idiot, whatever. No matter what, it looks good because he's like, I was smart. I fucked over your democracy. Fuck you guys. So it still makes him look strong. The other possibility is it's just, okay, they they didn't have any involvement and – or, or you know, he they didn't collude, but but Putin was still able to hack into it with no repercussions whatsoever. So Absolutely. he still looks strong. He caused, there is no situation. His whole goal is to Trump. always simply cause chaos Where's in the West. Putin? 
Huh? There's no situation where it's bad for Putin. Did I say Trump? Right. Yeah. I meant Putin, sorry. Yeah. It's, it's only bad for Trump. <laughs> Always. His, his, his you know, another whole side effect of this is chaos, right? He just wants one side playing off each other. And this is kind of what we were reading earlier with the art of war. And like the perfect espionage is to take is to take two allies and turn them against each other. Right. And that's what's happened in this country, right? We are more divided than ever before. On, well, not ever before, but you know what I mean. In recent history. Um, and, in modern history, for sure, yeah. And no it's caused us to take a turn to the right, and that's what Putin likes. The same kind of thing with basically every other country in Europe. That's why he's supporting Marine Le Pen right now mm-hmm. and Gert Wilders in, in, in Netherlands. Marine Le Pen is France. France, right. Um, Come from France. <laughs> so... <laughs> crazy reference. It's a just, random conehead throwing. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. I'm just nervous about it all. I think... The, the the interesting part is that we feel like somewhere the shoe has to the other shoe has to drop. I don't. It feels like something huge is missing, and whether it is simple, just like I don't know, a Trump tie to a Russian bank or whatever. I don't know what it is, or maybe it is a PP tape. <laughs> um, it, it's something strange. Something some some uh, strange plot is afoot. And what what will it ultimately mean though once that happens? Well, it could mean one or two things. Right now, it doesn't mean too much bad. It just simply means our policy towards the Ukraine has changed in the Republican platform and that we are treating Putin with kid gloves and letting him do whatever the fuck he wants. Right. So it might not matter for us so much, but the people of Ukraine might be pissed off and upset. Um, and that's also this, this has, you know, repercussions in the Middle East because Bashar al-Assad is about to take control of his country again and do whatever the fuck he wants as a dictator. So he could totally, you know, gas his own people or do whatever he wants. So yeah, maybe Americans won't be affected by this so much, but you know, it, it's, uh, it's part of the world. Um, but I think another part of it is, is global terrorism and that instability across the world will lead to instability all over the world. And, um, our borders are never completely safe. Um, and that, you know, technology to get nuclear weapons is getting, you know, easier and easier and easier. And the ability to transport them is getting easier and easier and easier. So who knows what can happen, I guess, is my point. So what instability, I guess, in Europe and the Middle East is horrible for all of our allies. And then if it's horrible for all of our allies, then what does that eventually lead to? Another war. The worst part is, too, it's like we're the Yankees. So everybody hates us no matter what anyway. Yeah. I, Pun intended. The most powerful dude on the in the basketball court Pun is always kind of hated. More or less intended. But no, it's, I sort of stumbled into it. That's the other problem too, man. People look at this shit like it's sports, you know? People look at politics and war and all this shit like it's just sports. And I, it's not. <laughs> like, Yeah, people are dying. It's just not. It's not. It's not a sport. It's not really a game. And, and people are like, well, you know, you got to pick a side. It's like, well, sure, but... <laughs> But it's game theory. I mean, it's well, certainly no, there, there's strategy involved, but that doesn't mean it's a game. I guess that's my point. Um, so you don't, you know, you don't just have to pick a side and then yeah. do what, you know, you don't have to, f- you know, fly a flag as it were. <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way it's all set up, but that doesn't mean it, it has to be that way. I, well, look, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that peace is the only way, but I am saying that, you know, when you're when you're trying to align yourself, you don't just have to, you know, I don't know, man. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, are you familiar with the McDonald's theory of diplomacy? Have I talked about this before? Yes, wherever. It, it, yeah, it's a. It, there's a. It, it, you know, we we don't we're not going to go to war with a com- with a country with a McDonald's in it. Oh, there hasn't been one supposedly, and that's right, not okay. quite true considering Bosnia, uh, or that the Yugoslavian conflict. But the point is, um, is there a McDonald's in Russia? No. Yes. There has to be. There, yeah, that absolutely is. There's probably one in yeah. Red Square. Seriously. No, there probably is. Um, and that's interesting, I guess, right? It, it, it's just that countries, basically, the idea is that if they're tied together economically, they won't 
go to war because it will be bad for them economically. Right. And it's this against their the, common interest. This was the age-old practice of marrying off your daughter to the prince of the neighboring land. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, good point. Um, and that's always kind of been my thing is like the way that we, do, if you don't want to build nations, you know, building nations is not necessarily the right way to go because self-determination is, you know, morally correct. Um you should start by building up a, a nation's economy. And that's the way to really build the nations is to develop global economic relations between countries, not building up walls and shutting down our trades with the, with the entire world and throwing up the flag of nationalism. That leads to only, you know, one way. And we've seen throughout history what that leads to. Honestly, that, that sounds contradictory, though. Sure. Be- uh, because the um, building up of our economy is really what they are talking about, the nationalists, if you want. This is what Donald Trump is all about. His idea of building up our economy is walling things off, though, and making sure that we're not screwing, getting screwed as much as we are. That we have uh, a, we do have a trade imbalance. There are countries that we allow to import almost tax-free that then in charge 100% import tax on the goods that we send there. It is an unfair trade balance, and we can't recuperate or we can't rebuild us as as an economy by uh, acquiescing to all of these unfair deals. As I just think say. that's a, it's a misrepresentation of our trade deals. I don't think we're acquiescing. I don't think that's true. Not but, only that, it's just, it's once again where, sure, maybe in principle or in theory, it it, it sounds nice, right. but like, like, a, like a flat tax for all yeah, human beings, but it's like, no, in practice, you, it just unfortunately is going to work out that way. Yeah, I have no doubt that Trump thinks that that's part of nationalism is building up America's economy. The question is, he's not going to do it and he's going to do the opposite. And this same thing would happen with Putin's economy. Putin will claim that his economy is doing well, even though all his people are suffering, but his, he's sending all that money to his military and he's building up his military and he's making rich people richer. And that's kind of what we're doing here a little bit. The stock market's way up. Yeah. We're making rich people richer. Great job. But I I mean, I I don't have a a problem, but you know, I think that, uh, it's part, it's a similar mindset now in that, yeah, we'll, we'll say that our economy is getting better and better and better, but who's it getting better for? Rich people. Right. Yeah. That's the economy, stupid. Well, hold on. Let me ask a question, O'Brien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we going to go to war? I don't know, man. Eventually, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we probably are. When the politicians keep politicking before <laughs> Sorry, you turn to excessive drinking, did I scare you? No, I'm okay. okay. I wanted to. I didn't get. I didn't really do a good job. I'll do it. Hold on. Give me a second. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm scared. You want to go method? You want to run around the block and get worked up? I could. I I love when actors jump up and down. It's cool. Get the blood going. Yes, Dan. Yes, and you're a douchebag. The truth is, what I was talking about with Kim Jong-un, an eventual rebellion and revolution, is going to happen with Putin. And when it happens, it's going to be 20 times worse. You think the Russian people are going to revolt? Yes. Yes. We're going to have a 1917. And it's going to be scary. And it's That is actually pretty terrifying. And it's going to be bloody. And who knows what's going to happen. It will happen eventually. I'm not saying now. I'm not saying five years. I'm saying soon. Eventually it will happen. Are living conditions that bad for Russians yes. right now? Yes, very bad. Worse than they were under the 
so uh well, that was an agrarian economy so not quite but it's bad and by the way sean before when you said like marrying off the daughter thing you didn't say anything wrong but if kelly were here she would jump on you and so i just i feel beholden to say sean why because she's that horny you didn't say anything he no was you were like marrying off a woman i know but it's just a woman thing that, oh. that 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 a man would dare mention anything regarding a woman. Well, it just needed to be. It just needed an. Ah. Well, he was. He was. I just feel on. I feel I'm supposed to on her behalf say, Sean. I heard the collective groan of society. <laughs> I hear that in my head with every word I say. <laughs> Fuck, I'm scared now. I don't know, man. Hold when on. you, oh. I don't need you to talk for me. <laughs> John! Hi. I'm sorry. Wait, what? Whatever. Who's that? Who's here? Hi, Kelly. Kelly's been here the whole time. Hello. Uh, we didn't let her talk throughout the whole episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's lucky we let her vote. Oh. Sean! <laughs> um, hi, guys. Joey wanted to do an addendum. An addendum. I did. An addendum. Uh, so he just wants to rant on North Korea, I guess. In truth, I want a whole episode. At but the I very know you guys end, won't give it to me. We're so still going. Is... And I would rant 1,000 miles in. <laughs> Interesting. I would rant 500 miles. Is it? Yeah. No. Mm. I would rant 500 more just to be the man who'd walk 1,000 miles. 1,000 comes no. in. To be, to be the man. Well, to to fall down at your door. Miles. You know what heva means? To heaver? Heave, like, like heave. Heave. when I heave up, oh. when I know I'm going to be. Not gonna a clue. Be. Nobody it's... knows the words to that song. <laughs> yeah. I know all the words to that song. Jesus, is this some Irish mm. bullshit? No, it's Scottish. It's uh, Scottish, it's I believe. Same difference. Heaver yeah. is to like, to. to it's Irish to... with skirts. More or less. <laughs> Kilts. We just watched Braveheart recently, actually. Mm. Yeah. It was my I... first time. Wait, do they both have kilts? Is that the deal? Irish and. No, 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 no just Scottish have kilts. I thought yeah. they both. No. What about bagpipes? Both bagpipes? Scottish. Yeah. Uh, Scottish. I know Scottish, but I thought maybe I... Yeah, I think the, the Irish are more into the strings. No, yeah, they play like, you Fiddles know... and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the flutey Irish things. Irish drinking yeah. mm-hmm. bands. Yeah. War and fight. We drink and yeah, drink and drink, drink and drink and drink fight. and play a bagpipe. It just... It's... Yeah, no, they, they, they play like the banjo. The and kind of, you yeah. pour it down <laughs> through the bagpipe. It becomes like a camelback. Like the fiddle. Yeah. They're like fiddling. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Brian, were you doing a nice smooth transition there? Is that what you were trying? I was. War. <laughs> into war. Yeah. I caught it. It was okay. nice. Good. I just wanted to give Thank you a little... You. Thank you very much, good actually. Job. I was. I was like, it's a good war movie. Well... I know what you were doing. <laughs> I know what you were doing. So, anyway, Tahiva is to like to, to mumble incoherently. I'm just fucking her again. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I did actually want to know that, and I was bothering the audience, I'm sure. <laughs> Wait, did That's you just good. make that up? No. That That's is the first thing? What Tahiva means, yeah. Tahiva. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense, like considering most of that song is mumbling incoherently. Right, exactly. Which is more of an Irish thing, I think. It's true. It's a drunken thing. I I, I don't know. I feel like Scottish people are harder to understand than Irish people. Yes, but Irish people just kind of keep, they say things in a million words that only take five. We are a loquacious lot. That is true. Yeah. (laughs) Joey, what what is happening? Well, I wanted to talk. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk about Korea. Yeah. Because I feel like it's uh, it's very topical, and I want to release South? this episode soon. So I was just in Koreatown all morning. What were you hmm. doing? Don't ask questions. No, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll transition back. I can do it. I'm kidding. Uh, well, yeah, I was doing my thing. Like, fucking location bullshit. I have to go around telling me, like, hey, do you guys care that people film here? And they're like, no, we don't speak English. I'm like, okay. I always um, <laughs> I, I was fascinated with Korea yeah. in college. <laughs> Did you guys ever, like, study Korean stuff or watch any Korean films? Because I know you guys are film nerds. Korea... Um, that was a war, right? Bring they goo? did uh, Battle Royale, right? No, I think that was yeah. Japanese. What? 
think it was Japanese. Oh, I thought that was a Korean. Ringu, I feel like, was the, the oh, ring. Oh, no, 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 the old, original boy, ring. old boy. Old boy. Old boy is. was Korean. Yes. yes. Mm. There should, they have bloody, bloody stuff. There is a really crazy, <laughs> there's a couple great movies. I forgot actually the name of, one is Joint Security is really good. Um, but I studied uh, Korean history. I took a nice, I took a class in college about it. But uh, I was obsessed with it. I like Korean film. I thought they were so interesting because uh, they have this unique place in, in Asia because they're kind of in between two huge powers between, you know, Japan and China. And that was always kind of how they placed themselves throughout their, their entire history. I just learned that actually from you in the episode we just listened to. <laughs> in the two seconds ago? Oh. <laughs> in the before time. In the so long yeah, long. I should not repeat myself. But I guess what I'm saying <laughs> is, um, I don't know, they always have this, this fear, I guess, because they were literally taken over many, many times, especially recently by Japan in the first half of this, of the ninth or the 20th century rather. So Basically, what we all know about what Japan did to Nanking, like the rape of Nanking in China, was pretty much exactly what they did in in, South, in Korea, pretty much. So we we, uh, we we don't all know what Japan did. To oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was like a comment. Oh, I'm sorry. I think uh, he told us that in the yeah, episode no, we just did. No, I don't know about that. Uh, it doesn't sound familiar, but then no, I, did I not don't do remember that. doing that. Continue. Episode. Go ahead. Well, my point is that it's what uh, new developments happened. No, hold on. I want to give okay. you a little background about what Koreans feel. They're very warlike people, and I think that's that's something that's common with people who have been invaded over and over again, and have just recently gone through much like our Irish drinking friends a revolution. Like their revolution was was recent, was the fifties, and ever since then they pretty much had a series of dictators. Honestly, they don't call them necessarily that, but the most recent prime minister sorry, president, let me correct myself, is the daughter of their most famous dictator, um, Park Chung-hee. And she is the, was most recently impeached, and her name is obviously Park, shit, some Park Goon-hye. Damn, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Goon-hye. Okay. Not correct. Whatever sure. I said was not correct. The point is, it's really interesting because Korea now has this very unique point in their history since the Korean War. So they were pretty much run by authoritarians, then the authoritarian dictator in 1979 was assassinated by his own Secret Service uh, director. That would be like Mon Mike Pompeo assassinating Trump. And um, it was crazy. Like, it was a huge deal. They were all executed. And that's basically he assassinated the father of Park, the most recent pre president who was from 2013 to now, who is just— I'm sorry. I know I'm ranting. No. My point is um, I, want you to, I want you to understand, like, that— the country, the South Korean country has been through so much crazy shit, apart from all the North Korean stuff. So if you just focus on South Korea, their leadership right now has taken a really big turn. And the former president, Park, who was just impeached, was really conservative and taking this really hard-nosed approach. As you guys know, we talked about the THAAD stuff that was just imported into South Korea. So I think the point is we have to think about what's going to happen now. And they're about to take a huge turn to the left. And they're— um, the guy who's supposed to win, his name is Moon. He says, actually, a really interesting quote. He says, I'm going to meet with the moon, Pyongyang, before. That's, that's, that's Elon Musk. Right. He's going to go. He says, I would rather, I will meet Pyongyang before I go to Washington, basically. So he's like, I agree to interact with North Korea before I interact with the US, which is a crazy development to think about because that's, that hasn't happened. This happened like three times, twice or twice since Korean War, where they've actually talked. Or like like sat down. So I think the point is there's a really unique turn right here. Uh, we have Rex Tillerson, who's currently in China right now, talking about this exact situation, and it bothers me honestly because uh, he said that he was pretty much throwing war on the table. Um, well, he, no, he more specifically, he said nothing is off the table, which is which terrifying. Is keeping war on the table. 
people, right? <laughs> That's what Trump's always said, though. That's true. Uh, well, to an extent, he says everything's on, always on the table. Yeah. yeah. Well, if but we have them, is, why don't we use them? This, yeah. was, this was the, <laughs> It was a specific thing, and and I think recent, and today was interesting. Was the foreign minister of China said, "Calm the fuck down," to Rex, basically saying we're going to handle this shit. And this is always the interesting play because China is North Korea's biggest ally. They have seventy percent of their trade. Um, they have obviously the only real border with North Korea. So it's really interesting how we interact with China and our roles to play. China basically says, sorry, motherfucker, sorry, U.S., you have to deal with North Korea. This is your problem, this nuclear problem. Because as Tillerson has said, his main thing is trying to get nukes out of North Korea, which honestly is— Diplomacy has failed. Isn't North Korea's um, Kim Jong-un, um, his, his basically— biggest beef is with the United States, right? Like, that's Pretty what much. he only threatens is that he's going to get a nuclear missile over onto the United States. Well, it's not that he views, I would assume, Oops. one, South Korea as the 51st state in the U.S. He would also consider Japan the 52nd. Like, they're one and the same almost in his mind, in Kim Jong-un's mind. So Then why are they two different states, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, there's this serious part about Korea. They, they you want Korea to be unified. But the whole point is that they have the missiles right now to nuke Japan and Korea, not mm-hmm. necessarily L.A. Um, it will happen within the next couple of years. Correct, They'll, but he's not like— Wait, what he, will happen? ICBMs. They will they'll, nuke they'll Japan have, or they'll have the no, ability no, no, to I'm hit sorry. America? They'll have the ability to hit America. Okay. I'm sorry if I made that unclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you saying, Kelly? Well, I feel like— um, Sort of his propaganda, uh, North Korea, is that his main goal is just to get nukes onto the United States. If he, it's so I know Japan and and South Korea are like right there. I don't think that that's his top priority, though, is to you know bomb them or whatever. It I think seems, his top priority is just respect. Yeah, overall, his top priority in is like f- fucking us up. He is basically. Yeah. No, that's not I, true. Yeah, no, I don't think it's that, that. I don't think that's true. I, I think the respect it covers it more. I think nuclear weapons these days are not uh they are not desirable because of the the impact that they wield. They are desirable because of the fear and the respect that they gain. So having nuclear weapons all of a sudden means that you are now a player on this nuclear stage on this world table that is now a a select few but without that no one is going to pay attention to you so it 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 is i i don't think you necessarily have to want to use the nukes in order for you to be able to see the power in just having them well but this is a i mean a a a big baby running their country is like what he's younger than you guys 32 he's like 30 he's like my age totally He's just like a child. Why, why wouldn't he want the biggest bat? Why wouldn't he yeah. want the biggest... So he's like, yeah. I'm just going to bomb you guys. Like, I don't <laughs> think he's... He I, wants respect. He, he wants respect from... He, I don't think that he's it's, putting it's, it off it's the not, table. It's to, not just a one simple question. It's basically nukes are for him everything. They're offense yeah. and defense. Basically. But then what's China saying as far as, like, we're going to handle this? Are they... No, China's, China's basically saying, don't ask us to solve your problems. To the United States? Yes. And South Korea. And South Korea. Or isn't it more to South Korea? It's or? really, again, we're all one and the yeah, same. Yeah. Um, but the, our policy is... But are we telling China? Is that what, like, well, Rex Tillerson here's the is problem. doing there? The problem is recently also because of the Thad stuff. China's super pissed because, this is what I didn't Who's mention that? earlier, Thad is the, you know, the, you actually He's defined the, he it He was earlier. like the lacrosse champion. He's, 
Oh, that's Jay. good. Graduated yeah. in 2013, Th- I think. Th- yeah. Th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so hot. His father was a world-renowned polo champion. Oh, Lance? Yeah. <laughs> Lance Patterson. Lance Lance Patterson. <laughs> Thad Patterson. Okay. Well, China doesn't like Thad Patterson, and uh, they think that Thad will increase the radar so they can spy on mainland China. Basically, South Korea and the U.S. can spy on mainland China. Technically, it's not incorrect. Possible could happen. It does increase our radar capabilities like that. So they're pissed about that. Um, th- basically, China's proposal to Tillerson yesterday was take Thad off of South Korea, and we will tell... North Korea to stop building nukes. And and also, uh, sorry, on the table was also stop your joint military, ex- military exercises full eagle with South Korea. So if we stop that, took that off, they would say, they would try to have that, you know, tit for tat with North Korea. Uh, Tillerson said, no, fuck no. Was that a do smart you think move? It's the, well, do you think it's the, I feel like it's the Trump, do you think it's Trump's administration's goal to be at war? Do you think he wants to stay at th- war? That remains in any unclear way? to me. Um, with I think, all of his boosts and well, clearly defense spending, that's and- the yeah. If I'm going to be a little conspiratorial, I would say yes. Uh, but not only that, because most of these people are, you know, have military contracts. The military-industrial complex only leads to one end anyway. And there's he's only the re- I alone president. We have twenty-seven thousand. But the thing is, I, there's. I read an article about this today. That basically, there's. Do they want war is the question, because this isn't war war. This is nuclear war. Yeah, we got three wars. I mean, uh, it's it's a little bit different. We've never had nuclear war. Uh, So and and not only that, we're we're talking. Can anyone really risk it? No one's ever really. The closest we've come is obviously uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and no one's really come close then. Or uh, Hiroshima. I'm not talking about that. That's not nuclear war war. That's not two countries with nukes. Oh, that was that, like us being... Yeah, yeah that was... A, um, putting uh, yeah. a dick on the table. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, couldn't put it better myself. Um, Boys. But I guess <laughs> it's interesting graphic. here because it's, it's a hardline approach. <laughs> Do you think that Trump is right in this hardline approach towards North Korea? Most people would say no. Obviously, China says, says cool off. Why no? Why no? Well, uh, who knows? Do you want to provoke Kim Jong-un, as she said? He's a 30-year-old nutball is the argument. Do, what, do we want to provoke a nuclear power? The thing is, he's also—here's another thing I, I, I saw today in an article. Basically, he's, he sells his weapons. He sells his missiles. So, uh, interestingly enough, Israel— So do we. Israel, of course. But, <laughs> yeah, he's selling them to Hezbollah, basically. So, Israel bombed Syria yesterday, or a couple days ago, and Syria retaliated. It was a big deal. And it was only because they bombed North Korean missiles— that were sent for Hezbollah, you know, the uh, terrorist group in Lebanon and Syria. Anyways, so basically, now that's kind of proof that, that well, you already knew this, that Kim Jong-un's selling his, his missiles all over the place to terrorist organizations. So that's another whole element there that we have to be worried about. And honestly, I'm worried that they're going to use that as pretense for some sort of preemptive strike. Is that strategic or is that purely economical? For Israel's purposes? Uh, for um, for North Korea to be selling. I would say economic. Okay. So. They just, they make missiles now because that's what they want and they have extras. Let's sell them. So it's not that they're selling to specific people that are in line to with their To fund terrorism? Thing. They're funding terrorism. Yeah. Right, right. But is that, uh, that's what I'm saying. What's the motivation there? Is I that, would say is it's one money to why not? They don't give a shit. Like, anyone, are they just selling to everyone? I don't that's think Kim Jong un really cares about what goes on in Iran and, and, and Israel. He just kind of wants 
if he wants there, they want money, but they also don't give a shit if there's chaos. Right. I guess my question is, are they are they selecting these specific buyers or are they taking all comers? Well, you can't and just, just sell a missile guy? to anyone. Exactly. <laughs> that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. You know, is it just these are the only buyers in there's this market? There's a black market. I mean, there and, and Putin's part of it and China's somewhat part of it. North Korea's part of it. Iran is part of it. CIA you know. is part of it. Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to say no or yes, but I think that's a no. <laughs> Wow, that was stupid of me, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> so what is so ultimately? What are we thinking about when we're thinking of what just happened, as far as Tillerson being there, what he said, where he's going? Well, like, what is this? The, gonna new, lead the new prime to? minister says, um, who theoretically was going to win. This guy Moon is very liberal, and he doesn't want Thad on South Korea, which is a big deal. It's kind of co- controversial there. It kind of ups the ante. Um, he also, like I said, wants to talk to Kim Jong Un. So. That kind of changes the game, whether we're having this hard push by the U.S. and this soft push by South Korea, they're going to come into contact. So normally, you know, the U.S. and South Korea are like best buds. Literally, South Korea, it could be argued as our 51st state. Um, So it's strange that they're going to be, that he's going to be going up against Trump, who's, who knows what could happen. Trump might want war, preemptive strike, by like what you said, some sort of military crazy shit. And obviously, South Korea is not going to want this. Well, he loves Andrew Jackson. Well, Trump is not popular anywhere. <laughs> Thank you, but no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Joe's not popular. It, no. <laughs> yeah. What, do you think that matters to him, though? Well, any of the right wings coming up all over the world, it, whenever they, I feel like the the right rising is sort of counterbalanced by the Trump's unpopularity, like crazy unpopularity sure. with people. So people are like, oh, yeah, we're going to, you think, know, have I, mean, I think we have to be really careful not to make this mistake again, though, because this is what we all assumed before Trump was elected. Yeah. And this is, there is a, a very factual uh, reasoning behind people hiding the fact that they would support Trump. The people that do support Trump are not as vocal about it, especially in this state, but in media in general. And you are you are bastardized and you are you are you know lynched essentially for you know any support of Trump in in any sort of public fashion. So I mean to just assume that people aren't supporting him, I think is is a, a dangerous again dangerous fucking language. But <laughs> I, I think it is a, it is a um, uh, yeah. Not uh, only it, that, not not best, yeah. even if he's. Let's just presuppose that he is unpopular, right? Mm-hmm. That might not matter that much to him, you know? So it still... What? No. That does matter. Popularity? Well, I mean... But he's too narcissistic to actually read the polls that say he's unpopular. He yeah, won't, it yeah, won't matter to him. He, I mean... Do, he does care to... He won't... First of all, I'll give you an example. So Trump, much Trump care is a good example. He won't actually just repeal Obamacare. There is the possibility... Because he wants to appear like he's helping the people. Well, I think there's the possibility that he makes no separation between popularity and notoriety. This is mm. a a noted WWF villain. WWE. Uh, was, was it E at the time? I, I think th- it was, I F, it was at the F, F at the time. <laughs> but either way, I mean, he be factually he, correct. Him, <laughs> no, but I mean, that's, that's his right. you know his show, The Apprentice, was based around him being kind of the mean guy. He was based being a tough guy. His catchphrase was "You're fired." It's a tough guy. It's not a mean guy. Well, it's still not a popular guy. 
guy. But let's think and about yes, the guy. Yes, it is. The tough guy is still the popular he's guy. He's the guy holding the... He's the... In his mind, yes. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And I don't think that to him there is that much of a difference between popularity and notoriety. The fact that everyone knows his name, I think, is more important to him than everyone loving him. Right. I agree. Okay. Yeah, yeah, No, we're, we're in accord there. I think notoriety is more of a negative connotation, but I understand what you mean. Okay. I think you just think— Not to Trump. I, I think that, that more or less that's your point, right? I understand that's his point, but, but anyway, My point oh, is— oh, The point I was on. trying to say is that I don't think it will necessarily ca- counterbalance what he wants to do, the fact that he's unpopular, right? Does that make sense? Or no, was I just insane as far as what you no, guys were talking right. about earlier? Yeah, no. I, the the other aspect of that, though, is he is pretty easily swayable. Um, I don't think he has too many of his own actual personal he has convictions. Zero no. convictions. It, it, I think, uh, think that's clear. Uh, there's probably a he likes money and thinks money is good. Uh, money and respect. <laughs> Um, and he likes fighting. He likes fighting yes. people. So yes, if that's yeah. a core I principle. Yeah. I kind of feel like his goal um, with a lot of things is to just fight everyone. Like, a world you got, Yeah, go to right. war. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, I he's, so. he's certainly not afraid to go to war. He's not no. afraid to. He so, won't stand down from anything. And he's in an old mindset of like yes. make America like World War II mindset that it's going to bring in all this money. And, you things know, were pretty during, good for a while after World War II. Yeah, Things were really bad people, during World yeah, War II. People could afford houses. True, but the world's different now, yeah, no. and yeah. war isn't the same. I don't, I don't think people in Soviet bloc would say that, but that's We're not okay. all going to war making airplanes. Like, <laughs> we're not, like, building things. We got to build drones. We still got to build the drones. Um, I, I could go off on a lot here, but I'm going to st- try to bring this in for a landing, really? I think. Oh yeah. Uh, I want to end this on a happier note. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're all going to die. We're all going to die, but you know what? We'll <laughs> meet again. Hold on. There's something Don't we can, know I'm, I'm going to give you something physical you can do uh, for peace, okay? There's a, a really great website called Flash Drives for Freedom. I've been checking it a lot. Um, basically, you can give your old USB drives, and they send them, and they fill them with um, Wikipedia entries, South Korean media, a lot of films from the U.S., and sneak them into North Korea. Oh. Um, so you can give your old flash drives, SD cards. It's tax deductible. Uh, I've been giving a lot. I have a shitload of old SD cards and flash drives. Or you can just give money. So I think it's a good, um, a good worthy cause because it's just sneaking in information. And who knows what could happen? So because it's make really, sure you wipe your yeah. drives because who knows what can happen? Oh, they yeah. do wipe them for you. By the way, they will wipe your drives. <laughs> you, you trust them to wipe, wipe your drives? It yourself. Well, they yeah. don't watch. Yeah. They watch they your porn on there. And they, uh, they, I, you know what? Who cares if they get everyone spying on everyone? Not even the one. If pass, some North Korean like person, pass. oh yeah, military wipe, wipe. definitely. What yeah. if it's like your dick pic that changes and and causes Kim Jong Un to fall? Oh no, I leave the dick pics on. Everything else gets wiped. Oh okay, good. That's fair. Politicking before you turn to excessive drinking. Spend some time collectively politinkering with the show where I don't know, man. Cause the truth is, I don't know, man. Um, that sounds amazing. I just. I don't know, man. You could say it over it. What were you just talking about? That Vice News uh, <laughs> documentary where the Harlem Globetrotters went into uh, North Korea and they followed them. Did the generals get to go too? You love the generals so much. No, okay. the generals didn't go. No, because Kim Jong Un loves basketball. Mm. Yep. And Dennis they, Rodman. And they gave them all a tour and. 
they took him to like a computer lab. I'm doing air quotes, by the way. <laughs> a, a quote computer it's very lab. Trumpian. There were computers there. <laughs> and they were just on the Google homepage, just like staring at it because they don't have internet, you know, like they can't get information into North Korea. So it was like, yes, we have people on computers looking up research, and they're just staring at the Google homepage. It that was, was Vice, really right? really creepy. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like the season finale of Vice. Yeah. Uh, season one, I want to say. They set up all of this stuff, and it was like a huge charade. They're just going through the city. And... Remember to follow us at Politinkering, and we're sorry. We'll see you guys soon. I don't know why we're sorry, but we're, we're sorry. sorry. <laughs> Are you just apologizing for the existence of the show? I know. I can't. He was. I'm sorry. I'm we'll, sorry. We'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know when.